0: you want it? Come get
1: it!
0: If it's yours, why doesn't it have your name on here anyway? Arnie Cunningham. <laughs> <laughs> why doesn't it say Cunningham? Just take it, Arnie, and let's go eat. <laughs> 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 Come get Mr.
1: Casey. Come on, you want to go for it? Put the knife down my I will. Tell the knife, Rep. You want to make me put it down? Hey, you got a knife and he does it in my book that makes you a chicken shit. Yeah,
0: that's chicken shit. Oh, yeah?
1: All right, break it up.
0: Come on, break it up right now. Okay, you kids take a walk. Come on, take a walk. Get lost. Not you, Muji. Hey, come on, Mr. Casey, I ain't been
2: doing nothing. You all right, Dennis? They started it. That's not true. Shut up, cuntface. Hey, you want to shut your mouth? I
0: don't have to listen to garbage like that coming from you, buddy. What were you saying, Arnie? (sighs) Repernan's got a knife. You fucking liar? It's a switchblade.
2: That's bullshit, Mr. Casey. He's lying, I swear to God. Go to the office, buddy. I'll fix you.
0: You're
1: gonna wish you were never fucking born. Hi, this is Adrian King. You probably know me best from Alice in Friday the Thirteenth, the Soul survivor, and now probably from uh, Crystal Lake Wines. So I heard the skeleton crew has one listener, and he's still there. there.
3: Welcome Boneheads, it is here once again, the iconic classic, The Skeleton Crew Horror Podcast. The podcast that will tickle your funny bone and have you screaming for more.
1: Exclusively at Horrorfilia.com, with your trio of numbskulls, Dave Z. Not
0: a whole lot to tell, I'm a pretty simple guy.
3: Jamie Jenkins And the whole time, I'm like, why am I watching this? And Alex Edwards
2: Hi, Mr. Bill? Yeah, asshole
3: You are now entering the Bone Zones
2: It's summertime, we're in the dungeon, you're with the Skeleton Crew, Uh, yeah. I am here, as you heard, with (laughs) Jamie Sammons. What's up, Jamie? Hey,
3: I am proud of you right now.
2: (laughs) I know, I'm ignoring that intro, I'm telling you what, Matt is gonna, you know, I'm not paying up, but he's gonna do it anyway. He's gonna change it.
3: I'll bet he will, I'll bet he will.
2: I think... We can talk him into it, I think, collectively. I know. I do think we can. And I just want to say, Jamie... I want everybody to give Jamie a little bit extra credit tonight and here going forward, because Jamie is now suffering for her art. You see, what her problem was... Remember that that zone, that zzzz sound in the last show that we all talked about? Well, see, Jamie wanted to be comfortable in the studio, which is really a dungeon, because it's really hard to be comfortable in a dungeon, especially when it's 95 degrees out. So... Uh, at that time, we allowed her to have a fan, but once we found out that it was making our sound less than perfect, we had to actually take the fan away from her. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, are you, are you okay? Are you slipping as you get up out of your chair because the sweat on the floor, <laughs> or is, uh, is it that bad? Uh,
3: not my, well, my headphones don't want to stay on. Right. You know, they keep slipping off, but, um it's okay you know these are the things that you do when you love what you do and you love your audience that's that you just you you deal with it you know right right
2: i mean we're only in here you know once a month i mean it it can't be that bad so you know jamie's gonna suffer through for you guys
3: yeah that's just proves how much i love everyone
2: see that yeah and Now, from the Skeleton Nation, a.k.a. Dave Z Nation, here's Dave Z.
0: Wow, wow, I get an introduction on top of an introduction. Wow, I don't know how to respond to that.
2: Uh, hey yo would work.
0: I can't hey yo on this show, you know that's exclusive. But I tried to make it that way. Every so often I would do it somewhere else for for fun, but...
2: For nostalgia purposes. Yeah, just for
0: whatever, to be
3: an asshole
2: or whatever. (laughs) So to him saying, it was a that's... thing,
3: but no one else ever realized that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, like, I didn't even realize that. And I'm on every show with him when he does it. Like, I had no idea that you don't do that's that That's the only thing I... I mean, I really didn't know, even to the point where I think I named our last show Hey Yo.
0: No, I, you know, I probably did, like, when I first was making guest appearances in the early days. But since 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 the banana... What are we calling it? The uh, Since the banana split uh, of two... yeah. 2015... Uh, I didn't feel right doing hey yos anymore because that's where it started. That that's the uh. only that's the only morning I did after after we recorded that show. I said well it was kind of out of respect to to the
2: Laser Nation. Well thank you for that because I'm one of them. Yeah see
0: yeah and I hope that people listening you know understand that I gave something for my art too.
2: <laughs> yes I'm the only one here who's not sacrificing a thing. Now let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Scott Hall will be very disappointed to hear about your hey-yo thing. Thank you for the feedback in the last two shows. I am going to half-apologize in part here, which is like the same thing.
0: <laughs> it's like a quarter. Half-apologize in part. That's what's been cut in half twice.
2: That's like redundant. But, okay. So I went on two rants in a row. But I feel like we had a valid point. And we did get a lot of feedback that our take on John Carpenter is just too too cruel or uh we took it out of context things like that and hey maybe it is i think we all have point of views and i think i answered it best with uh JP double shot JP and i talked and i said i think the reason that we all sort of had our initial or the the bulk of our feelings is because you know yeah sure anybody could talk shit about anybody we do it but who are we i mean John Carpenter is somebody that we sort of, uh, saw differently. It kind of, like, shattered the regular guy image. Like, we thought he was sort of above that kind of thing. He's, like, the elite of horror in Hollywood. And, uh, we just figured he was above that. So, we were kind of taken back by seeing that, oh, he's just, like, a regular shit-talker kind of guy. And, like, you know, this is no surprise. Like, everybody's been saying. We said it, too. He's been doing this. But I guess, um... Now he's doing it uh, with things that we like more, I guess. So we kind of took it more personal. But, yeah, that's all it is. We're just surprised that he's, like, willing to, to go there. We thought he was, like, better than that,
3: I guess. Well, I'll let in yeah. everyone in on a little something. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. On a day-to-day personal level, I don't give a shit what comes out of that man's mouth. Like, I don't right. give it a second thought. I don't even care. But exactly, we were having a discussion for entertainment purposes and something that we were having fun with, you know? And and it, it was a fun discussion. And, you know, do I really give a shit what he feels about Friday the 13th? <laughs> Fuck no. I don't no. care. But it was a fun conversation. So take it for that.
2: Yeah, and when you're in the midst of that, you, you kind of elaborate.
3: Yeah, sure. You know, and you come up with shit, you know, like snarky twat. And, uh, <laughs> uh and... Uh, but it's because it's fucking, it's funny and it's fun and and uh, people take shit way too seriously.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, I guess it's what we're putting out so you can't, you know, so it's like, well, what do you expect us to comment on? That That's what you're putting out so we're going to respond. And that's fine. There's a, such a fine line and Jamie just really said it. Like, nobody, none of us think about John Carpenter ever. You know, we never think about him. <laughs> So like it ain't like we're sitting there. We're not like steep like our glasses aren't fogging up, thinking about what he said about Friday the Thirteenth or or fucking Walking rolling Dead.
3: Rolling around in bed at night, going, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, JC, I, what have you
0: said? I am. I'm listening to him on his soundtracks and my earbuds. Totally. I end a lot of nights that way. I'll, I'll be honest.
3: I mean, yeah, you know, well, we we it came up because we it was a topic we wanted to talk about. It was a topic right. for discussion, but it's not like. I don't know, it's not like I sit around all day and I'm like, you know what really pisses me off, you know? I don't...
2: You know what really grinds my gears?
3: Yeah, I, you know, I almost said that because that's exactly what I was thinking, but then I was just like, no.
2: But... Well, how about like Dumb and Dumber? You know what really chaps my asshole? <laughs> <laughs> you know what John Carpenter said, that little prick? <laughs> Like, you know, guys, we don't care. Listen, the entertainment is a big part of this show. You know, like I I make myself look like an asshole all the time for the show.
3: Yeah, I think most people get that by now. <laughs> right. That, you know Eh whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: We're just we're just trying to explain. We don't really care. We're just that was a topic and that's where our brains took it, I guess. But, you know, and most of it was for entertainment's sake. It
0: was fun.
2: Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. So now, um, to be a little topical here, there are a uh, few things going on in horror. Um, I guess we'll go maybe in order of how we heard them. The most sacrilegious thing on the planet, you know, I, fe- I feel like a typical nerd sitting at the keyboard, pecking out his frustrations, and other people are like, dude, who cares? But I don't know, guys. I really think this is a real misstep. The Bates Motel has been a great show. I think it was really picked up in Season 2 because the humor was incredible. I, I laughed my ass off <coughs> so much. <coughs> I think I really got the humor of that show and what they were doing with it. And then Season 4, you really tap into the tragedy of the show. And then that really... So it's like the show has so many levels to it. So many. It's, it's just so well done. And it's really at its peak right now. Norman, I sorry guys, spoilers. If you haven't watched season four, skip ahead like five minutes or so. Yeah, uh, Nor- fuck
3: him. Learn to keep up.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been done for a while. Uh, Norman eventually in season four uh, offs his mom. He didn't do it like he did in the classic uh, Psycho whenever they talk about it. nine, not put it in her tea, dead. Her and her boyfriend. That's the other thing. Norman kills the two of them by serving strychnine in their tea but in in this show they decided to I guess make it more modernized I don't even know what the what it was what the difference or whatever but so uh, Norma or Norman t- closes all the vents or something
3: yeah he went around yeah. the house systematically closing all the vents um, and they had because they had the faulty furnace thing okay what did that do carbon monoxide. No, but what yeah well they just weren't supposed to be using it and then he so he used it and then closed all the vents so that everything would direct into her bedroom like he left the vent in her bedroom open that open closed all the other vents so that that's the only place it would go he basically just redirected everything and it was amazing it was done so beautifully with this musical montage thing just watching him go around closing the vents i loved that the whole sequence, I see. I couldn't even
2: enjoy it because the whole time I'm like, "Wait, what is happening here? Is he do? Is it what?" So the whole time I'm baffled. Like, is this really happening? Because I don't know about you, but I had no idea he was going to kill her that episode.
3: I don't remember if I was expecting it then or not. I was expecting it by the end of that season. So was that the final episode, or was the, it was the episode before the before, final episode? Yeah. yeah. I I wasn't even expecting him to kill
2: her there in the season.
3: How did did you know that? I was because I I I figured that we'd have to have at least one season where post her being dead when he was fully her. Um, Yep. And then of course the next season coming up is supposed to be the last one, is what I heard. So I kind of figured he would kill her this season just because we need to have at least one. Where he completely uh, where she uh, where she's she only exists within him his mind all right
2: now Dave what did you think about that uh, grand uh, murder
3: well it took me by
0: surprise but it but it's great I mean but at first I was kind of as I'm watching it I was I was getting excited about it because of the method but at the same time I was you know part of the excitement was because they threw us for a loop, you
3: know. Man, I was bawling. Oh God, I felt so bad. I was crying, and not not while he was doing it, but when uh, Romero when he yeah. showed up. I knew he showed was up. Say up that. I was yep. just crying. I was yeah. crying. And it was it was so powerful. I love her because I love her. Yeah, I do too. She and is great. it just it seriously. Broke my heart. I. She's one of my favorite characters ever on TV. I just wow.
2: Well, I guess she's still gonna be in it, right?
3: Oh yeah.
0: yeah. Oh yeah, she will be. Flashbacks, shit that he
3: sees,
2: probably. Right, yeah. constantly. Yeah. She'll be in it. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's good. When I, oddly enough, believe it or not, I was like partially teary eyed too at one point, point. and then once I realized, oh duh, they're gonna you know do what we've figured. Um, then I felt a little bit better, because, uh, much like someone who is mourning a person, uh, there's that one party who says, I'm just, I I still feel that they're with us right now. And that kind of gives them comfort, but in in reality, no, she's still there. So, so I actually kind of felt better about it. I wasn't so broken up. Now, here's the thing that is, this really chaps my asshole. Now, they casted, um... Marion Crane. Now everyone knows Marion Crane is the woman in the original Psycho, nineteen sixty, the blonde who gets killed in the shower. Jamie Lee Curtis's mom.
3: Yeah, Janet Lee. Yeah, Janet Lee.
2: Now, uh, when I first heard about Bates Motel, or maybe, maybe you know, by the end of the second season, I tried to put it together and I said, you know, I think I know what they're going to do. This is going to be great. They're going to give us this whole backstory, although it's altered, they're going to give it to us for, you know, however many seasons the show's successful, and once they see the ratings start to drop off, they're going to wrap it up and kill the mom. Now, what's going to happen then, in my mind, was what you're going to see after that, and not immediately, but as far as this character goes, what you're going to see is a perfect recreation of Marion Crane pulling up to the Bates Motel on a rainy uh, night
3: yeah. and
2: then it will end
3: oh I, okay so you, you weren't even expecting to get the whole iconic shower scene recreation no you wanted, wanted it to end so that just like oh we know what's coming but right then don't okay okay in a way I thought I, that, I like too. that I like that
2: yeah but it ain't happening Jamie that's the problem but no, I know but hey. I
3: like that idea
2: Yeah, thanks. Well, guess what? Not only is it not happening, which would have been cool, but, and I'm not shitting anybody. I'm sure anybody with a computer, that's the only way you're listening to us anyways, they have to know this. They're casting. I swear I cannot believe I'm about to say this out loud.
0: Hold on. Are we sure this is true? Or is it bullshit news?
2: Oh, I don't know. Okay. Well, well, uh, Psycho Legacy posted it.
3: Well, say what you're going to say, and I'll tell you if I saw it Okay.
2: They're going to cast Rihanna as Marion Crane.
0: Yeah, everyone saw that, yeah.
2: Like, what the F? Are you serious? (laughs) I don't get shit. I'm not talking about the black thing. I just don't understand why... Because she's Rihanna. She's not an actress. Yeah, it has to be a fucking bullshit thing to get ratings. Like, I don't even know what this is. It's like Busta Rhymes in Halloween Eight. Me.
0: <laughs> it is kind of, and I hate to talk shit because I love Rihanna. In-
2: oh, yeah, of course you do.
0: In more than one way, yeah, man. I-, I think she's talented, and I think she's hot,
2: straight up. Sorry. And plus, but- you could beat the shit out of her, and she will keep coming back.
0: I love she all a Big
3: forehead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't uh, you know what? I've-, I've over the years, a lot of chicks that I thought were hot, other women have told me they had a big forehead. Well, I maybe never... you
3: have a thing for big foreheads. <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah, he you needs secretly t- want to screen movies on their head. Why? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants
2: to do something else on their head. <laughs> Let, let's just say Dave's aim is really bad, so he needs the extra fucking square footage.
3: No, I like I like Rihanna too, but I don't I don't think no. Do you think okay. she's grossly miscast? Well, yeah, I do. I don't see the reasoning behind it. It just doesn't it just doesn't seem to to fit. I mean, she isn't an actress, you know. It's not. Right. You know, and I don't care that she's black. I mean, I, I, I'm one of the people that I think it would be cool if Idris Elba played James Bond. Like I, I just because I like the actor, you know, I don't give a shit about that. I don't I just don't picture a singer playing that part. You know what I mean? It seems I'm, like a
2: pivotal role.
3: Right. And <laughs> it's
0: not going to be, I bet it's going to be a fucking an in and out. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. That's why. That's what I think. I think that's part of the reason that they gave it to her. I don't think there's any way they're going to make... I don't know how much she's acted at all. I won't confess to have knowing. I don't even know if she has. But I I can't imagine that they would, you know, cast a singer to take a lead, you know, have a lot of dialogue. Unless they know something we don't.
2: Yeah, like if it was J-Lo, at least she has a, a huge acting record. That's kind of
0: distracting, though, if it'd be J-Lo, I think. It you,
2: would. the you know? yeah, cameraman
3: would keep panning down to her ass, and they're like, ahead, stop doing that, stop doing that, look that.
2: <laughs> and, and I would be like, wow, season five's the best.
0: It'd be too gimmicky, although this is gimmicky itself. Exactly, but... it is.
2: That's, everything's wrong right. with this.
0: It is. Uh, it is gimmicky. Yeah. Well, <sighs> I
3: mean, I guess the... Uh, oh. Oh.
0: But I trust them, and I'll tell you what ever since American horror story and how gaga. i saw gaga and i didn't want to have anything yeah. to do with it and then i loved what she did so that's
3: true that is an excellent point dave excellent point and you're absolutely right but it just seems she was going to have a big role though i mean that was she was throughout the entire season it just seems to me like if you have one shot to do something with a major, like with an iconic character within this series, that you would go a different route, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I just it it doesn't. It feels less like Gaga and American Horror Story to me, and more like Kelly Rollins and Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. That's what it is. But why? I,
0: I, I can't. I don't know. I trust them because I've been. Uh, they haven't had a messed up in, as, as far as casting yet.
3: Well, and you're right. Awesome. You're right about that too. You're right about that too. And I'm always one of those people that's like, hey, I'll just I'll sit back and see. And I am now. Um, yeah.
2: You know what this spells out for me? Sons of Anarchy season seven, man.
3: Oh boy, that's not
2: even. That's where this. That's where this is going.
0: Yeah, but they didn't have a gimmick in Sons. You know what I mean? They didn't bring an outsider. They didn't. Have, well, they did have Marilyn, Marilyn Manson. Marilyn
2: Manson, but he was actually good. Yeah. Yes, but he was actually. Well, he's so irrelevant by now,
0: so... Right, that's true. It wasn't a headline. Right. Sons
2: featuring Marilyn yeah, Manson. Right. No, it did not have.
3: <laughs> I guess I kind of pictured if they were going to do a Marion Crane that they would do the same thing that Hitchcock did and have a known actress. Emma a- 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 know. Emma Roberts would have been perfect. Oh,
2: God, yeah.
3: I just love her, can I tell you? I When she first yeah. started, when her, fir- when her career, like, the, when she very first started, I didn't, I wasn't, I was just like, eh. But the more and more I see her, I just love her. I, I do. Me too. Me too. I, I'm crazy about her. Uh, she's um, the new
2: scream queen, man. Oh, yeah. I'm in love with her, man.
3: That probably, me I mean, that would have been, uh, you know, a cool choice. And you know what's interesting to me is that there are so many people who are watching Bates Mode, and this still blows my mind five five seasons later that, that there are so many people watching Bates Motel who have n- never seen Psycho. <laughs> who've never read the book. They don't know anything about the source material. So to them, it will mean nothing. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. It won't it won't be impactful. No. It w- and they won't give a shit who it is, you know. But seem but then at the same time. If you did do something like Hitchcock did and bring in a well known actress and then, you know, somebody who's like big and you expect them to be like a big, huge deal and then immediately kill them off, uh, that since they don't know, since they aren't expecting that, that seems like it would have more impact, you know, like they, because they don't know what's coming because they don't, they've never seen Psycho. They don't know anything about it. Yeah, I guess.
0: It'd be a distracting cast, though, if they had somebody big in them. In the, it'd be another gimmick if they got a
3: real seasoned actress to come in and think about this they're gonna yeah, but re- it would just be the same gimmick that hitchcock used in 1960
0: so yeah yeah i know i just yeah i guess i just uh, here's what i think they they didn't want to recreate that scene between anthony perkins and Janet lee that conversation they, they're not gonna try to well listen can't. no
2: offense to the dude freddie highmore could not do what anthony perkins did on that scene no, but he is great. No, he's great. He is really but he good, do though. It. He
3: has he has come into that role so well. Right. Remember how awkward he was oh. in season one, God. and it was just like, oh, but it was kind of, it was kind of yeah. endearingly awkward, you know. Uh, but it just didn't quite feel like it was there. And then the as the show has gone on, he has just slipped. Like this past season, I just I couldn't get enough of him. I yeah. I like stop, and whenever they wanted to talk about anything else, I'm like. Mm- Get off of them! Yeah. I want to see more of Norman. I want to see more of Norma. That's just, you know.
2: Well, she was always a big part, which is good. Oh,
3: yeah. yeah. Um, she has to be. But him, like, walking around in the in the house coat and the earrings and, ah. you know, uh, It just... Oh, that scene where he went to the strip club. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I, I... I... God!
2: I'll tell you what, I'll be honest. I... And I hated telling anyone this because they were all... People who know me and like me were happy for me that I got a show of my favorite franchise. So they they were so sort of excited, like, so what do you think? You have a show that you you always wanted or whatever. And I almost felt I felt guilty about saying that I just I'm just not digging Norman Bates that much. Like I'm honestly way more into the mom and the brother, Dylan, who, in my honest opinion, I'm sorry. His character is not as good as it was in the first season or two. Season three and four, I feel like they sort of brushed him off into the background. And I'm sorry, the, the girl getting her lungs and everything. I, and I feel like I don't even know what the fuck Dylan even did in season four. I can't even recall any of it. except It wasn't important, that's all. I know, but I really loved him in season one. Oh, yeah, Dylan was great. Yeah, like when that guy got shot in the truck and he helped him and, like, all this crazy shit was going on with Dylan. It was amazing. And once, you know, we know where it fell apart when he met Kathleen Robertson from 90210. Remember, she was, like, the weed uh, person. At that point, he just kind of, like, it seemed like you were trying to make him go somewhere, but it just went nowhere. And then season three and four, they just said, okay, fuck it. Let's just focus on Norman and the mom. And then yeah. Romero, you know, it's they, weird.
0: They had to focus on them because that's the importance of the story. I think when they started, they envisioned writing it differently. Then I think they got to like season two and then three was coming. They're like, well, oh, oh shit, we, we've done, uh, we've done too much here. We, or we haven't done enough with, with, uh, you know, well, the main it. angle, that's the, right. the, the crux of this fucking entire series. Yeah. So I think they stepped back on purpose just to focus on them, and now they didn't have anything to do with them, and yeah. they didn't just want to kill him off, so they, right. they had
2: to put him in there. He must it play was... some role in, the, in that last season, so they didn't kill him off.
0: Yeah.
2: But if I was him, I'd feel grossly, like, I, I would tell my friends, yeah, they really, I don't know, man, they're not really doing much of my character, so when you guys watch it, I don't know what to tell you about
0: Dude, Alex, I got to tell you this. I've been thinking it all season. I thought they were gonna do a tribute to Sons. Well, I was hoping they were gonna. I thought it was gonna be reversal. I thought Opie was gonna try to kill uh, Dylan,
1: huh. and
0: by accident, kill the girl.
2: Oh wow, that would have been amazing.
0: Yeah, a reverse of what happened to him. I was telling Irene the whole time we were watching. I go, man, I hope that happened.
2: Wouldn't that be an awesome tribute? Yeah, and it'd be a great a fucking tragic finish to them, be right? Because cool. he he would want to kill him because uh, his dad beat him up, so he'd want to kill Dylan and said he kills the lung girl. Oh
0: man! bottom line is, I thought fucking shit was gonna go down seriously with this character, and then they just, they just ended that. You know, that that was kind of unbelievable. And but...
2: now the new thing is that Opie's oh, looking at Norman's mom on the couch. Like obviously he spotted her, right? Is that what we're all supposed to get out of that? Oh, right. Oh yeah. Then he get that peek at her. So, and he and then he starts like kind of telling Norman that that's okay. Just do what you got to do. Whatever the fuck. Oh, yeah, I I don't even know what he was really getting at. I only saw it once. But yeah. So now he knows about the mom in the house, which is odd. So I wonder where that's gonna go.
0: I don't know, but it's been great. It's been it's gotten better every year.
2: Yeah. Until ne- this next year. All right. Well, the big news besides that debacle that we'll all have to witness in September, I guess, is um, supposedly the biggest non-debacle on Netflix today is Stranger Things. That is a Netflix original TV show, just like Orange is the New Black
3: and all that type of stuff. Okay. I've got one episode left. Okay. Can you... I'm excited
0: to watch it, by the way. Right. I, I, I want to watch it's,
3: it. It is amazing. And it's basically... I said it was scanners, That's, and Brian brought up Firestarter, and he's actually closer than I am because there is an MK Ultra connection. Um, but it's um, it's all about these kids. They, uh, there's a group of friends, like the Goonies, and yeah, and one of the friends goes missing, and then while they're out looking for their friend. That while all of that's going on uh, a strange girl shows up and she starts helping them and she has these powers and then there's this whole I don't know, plot or conspiracy it's very X file ish in that way and that there's a there's a whole sub thing going on under the surface um, the government is involved um, which also makes it very 80s uh, the the score is so incredible it's it's just, it, it, it's Carpenter all over the place. I mean, the last episode, we just finished watching the last episode right before I started, I came on here to record, and uh, it is pure Carpenter. That, that score is just pure John Carpenter, and, and I love it. But they use a lot of song, like actual songs from the time. Yeah.
2: Oh, God. You know what's weird about that? Um Everybody was saying this is for you if you were born, let's say in 1979, and you grew up in the 80s as a kid, and all that type of stuff, and the 90s as a a, a teen, I suppose, or like from 10 and on. I I, am,
3: I was rough. I'm roughly the same age these kids are. I mean, like when when these kids are, were that are or yeah. were. They, the age that these kids are in the show is the age I roughly would have been at this time.
2: Okay, so they said that, then this is for you. If you like 80s horror, if you love The Goonies, if you love Stand By Me, all that type of shit. Which I do. Now, I developed, this is going to sound terrible, because anybody who's really into music has no respect for a person who says this. I uh, developed a, a real liking for 80s pop music, like five years ago. Because I was feeling really, um, I don't know. I felt,
3: I felt some... I love 80s pop music. To hell with anybody who has a problem with it. I don't yeah, care. I like it.
2: okay. I like all music,
0: and that's something I like, nostalgia.
2: Yeah, you know? right. Well, exactly. Like, I was feeling nostalgic, and I was like, man, what... I just want to be sort of back in my car, in my mom's car, in her 80, you know, 85, com- uh, ca- what she have? A Camaro, um... Having my garbage pail kids in my hand, shuffling through them, and what was playing on the radio at the time, and I remember hearing all these Genesis songs and shit like that, and you're like Come On Eileen, oh, and all that type of shit, and I wear my sunglasses at night. So Corey
3: Hart.
2: Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> What is all that shit? I really want to like uh, get into this because I want to like go back to that time, and and I did do that, and I captured exactly what I always wanted. So, it worked out great. Um, so, anyway, one of my favorite songs from the 80s is, is this bizarre song called Africa. Yeah, Toto. Uh, yeah, Toto. Yeah, yeah Toto. So, as I'm watching this show, this girl's in her bed making out with a guy or something, and they're playing Africa. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I liked that song so much that I actually, when I went to Pandora, I searched, I I wanted an Africa radio station so that everything sounds like, sort of like like, isn't that crazy? So when I'm watching this, I'm like, holy shit, this must be really for me. And I was just like so amazed by it. And then they had another song that came on in the first or second episode, and it was one I completely know and completely familiar with and was way into. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? This is weird because I'm like way into this stuff.
3: So, I mean, all of the all of the comparisons that people are using to me are just dead on. I mean, it's like it's like uh, someone said, it's the darkest Spielberg you can imagine and the lightest Stephen King, and I totally agree with that. Um, it's it's very Stephen King in the whole, like, the body, um, which then became Stand By Me um, in that respect. And, or, or it, even. I mean, he has, you know, he always has had this thing for groups of kid friends, you know. Uh, um, and then it's uh, very Steven Spielberg. And then there are so many things that remind me of, like, E.T. Um, there are so many nods to so many things that... Uh, it just sort of screams at you while you're watching it, and and they're so a- accurate, you know, as far as as far as the aesthetics go, even. And
2: oh, and Winona Ryder is someone acting their ass off, or what,
3: man? I know. I just said that we recorded an episode of devour this weekend and we were talking about it and i'm like you know i have i was never a big winona ryder fan i like some things that she did but i was never a big fan and she is blowing me away i mean she is acting her ass off yeah
2: you know? I, I, I was the my i was a huge fan of her uh store security video where she stole <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> No, she's... I don't know if anybody it knows this. It so
3: realistic.
2: Yeah. I don't know if anybody knows this, but back in, like, the early 2000s or so, Winona Ryder uh, was... were arrested or something for shoplifting. And it was just so weird because she was already, like, insanely rich and she was shoplifting. And didn't she say she did that for a role? She was trying to get into a character? I don't remember
3: what her excuse was. I yeah. think everyone just assumed at the time that she just, um... Uh,
0: I I thought there was no excuse. I thought that nothing ever came out about that. Oh, no, she
2: said it was for a role, dude. I remember that. Is that
0: what she said? I remember yeah. her lawyers made a statement about privacy or something, and that's all I remember. So I thought that nothing ever came up.
2: No. Nah. Oh, yeah. I
0: thought she never even addressed it. Oh, she did.
2: Yeah, I remember that. Okay. I remember the excuse. Well, it was know. so funny.
0: I was so into her at the time, too.
2: Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice! Hmm. Yeah, so she's in the show... And you wouldn't even know that. No offense to her, but she's not exactly, you know, I sometimes I think I feel like she's really recognizable just by saying her name and I can obviously picture her. But I really don't think anyone knows it. And I'll be honest, I'm such an asshole. I didn't even know it was her in the first, like, 45 minutes. Like, I didn't know that was her.
3: And It took me a few minutes, and you know what gave it away was her voice. Um, I wasn't, when I realized it, I wasn't looking at the TV. She was on screen, but I wasn't looking. I was doing something else, but I was listening. Okay. And I'm like, "That's fucking Winona Ryder and Brian." And he was, and I was like, "Isn't it?" And I'm looking at it. I'm like, "I I'm pretty sure that's her." But it was, I couldn't, like, I wouldn't have bet my life on it. You right. know what I mean? Because it 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 didn't it didn't completely like immediately say when I'm a writer and Brian even looked it up just to be sure. And he's like, yeah, that's her. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's what I thought. Now I can't look at her without seeing her. me too. That's what I'm doing. But you know, it did take me a few minutes to realize that's who it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know she was in it.
0: <laughs> till just, now. yeah. How would I know?
3: <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> I, I, I never That's why
0: I love it. Dave. Oh, I thought you said you saw the first episode. I haven't seen one second of it yet. Oh, no, I thought
3: you said you saw the first episode. Um, Matthew Modine, too, who these days looks exactly like David Cronenberg. <laughs>
2: oh, like... yeah, I know. That guy, right? The one yeah. chasing... the yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. yeah,
2: Isn't that crazy? I was thinking of that guy. Cronenberg. By, by the way, Winona Ryder. Just not not to get confused with my favorite 90s porn star, Gina Ryder. I don't want anybody to get confused. It's Winona
1: Ryder. <laughs> yeah, look that name
2: up. Uh, well, I will just say in closing about Stranger Things that... I was not really sold on the first two episodes, but by the end of the third episode, you will be absolutely hooked. Uh, I watched the third episode, couldn't even turn it off, had to watch the fourth one. I might even be halfway through the fifth one, I'm not really sure. But yeah, if if you're not really crazy about the first two episodes, by the time you get to the end of the third, you'll be like, okay, this is great. Definitely check out Stranger Things on Netflix. It has like five out of five stars, guys. I mean, so, uh, so Jamie, you had an experience, you and Brian, your new Friday the Thirteenth husband. Oh, by the way, we got an email. Did you guys see that thing about somebody else who was married on Friday the Thirteenth? Yeah,
3: Jamie. Uh, don't oh shoot, she's I a new person, right? Name. So it's hard. Yeah. To, yeah, I don't remember her last name, but her name was also Jamie. Yeah.
2: So yeah, Jamie. Uh, was a listener I guess always or something and then she heard our story about being married all three of us were married on Friday 13th somehow and um, she joined the Facebook group page and let us know that she was also married on Friday 13th
3: well welcome and congratulations
2: yeah hi it's a cool club man (laughs) absolutely
0: it's
3: like the 27 club only we're not dead
2: (laughs) (laughs) only our hopes and dreams (laughs) okay so (laughs) So, Jamie, you had an experience. You walked into the movie theater to watch what movie?
0: Lights Out. Uh-huh. Flash, flash, flash. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Lights Out. And no one's getting out, bitch. <laughs> <Shit. Shit. laughs> so, you watched Lights Out. But what did you see before that in the trailers?
3: Before that, we saw a trailer for The Woods. Oh, but even oh, more wow. important than that, we saw a trailer for um, The uh, Before I Wake, which I'm super excited about, which is an ah. Atlantic film, which is amazing. The movie's so amazing. I can't wait to throw my money at it. But um, anyway, we saw a trailer for a movie called The Woods.
2: Mm-hmm. No, i never heard of The Woods.
3: No, I, I didn't know anything about it. It was about, a, or according to this trailer, it was about a bunch of kids who went into the woods and something is living in the woods um, was basically the. I mean, I, I'm paraphrasing there because I don't remember exactly what the whole catch thing was, but it was something is there, and um, I noticed that bloody disgusting had two fucking quotes on the <laughs> in oh the God. trailer. Yeah, and, the um, most inaccurate
2: a- fucking news organization.
3: Um, and so there's that. I mean, we we saw the trailer; it looked okay. Um, it comes out on my birthday. I turned around; I was like, oh, that comes out on my birthday. We should, you know. D- we got plans for our birthday now. We go see every horror film in the theater that we can. Oh, do you? And then that was it. Then Yeah, uh, then that was it. And then uh, we watched the movie and then came home. Okay.
2: Now, what was so significant about this trailer?
3: Well, the significant thing was that 12 hours later, like exactly 12 hours from that point, Lionsgate released a new trailer of the same movie, but this time it was called Blair Witch, and this time the movie is about a guy going to look for his missing sister who went missing years ago, and in Burkittsville, Maryland. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same movie. I didn't know that. Different marketing campaign. You're telling
2: me they repackaged a movie yeah. and or trailer. As, and they said, well, it's the woods, but you know what? We can make a lot of money because these idiots are really nostalgic lately. And if we just call it Blair Witch something something, more people will go to see it.
3: It is always has been a Blair Witch film. It actually does take place in Burkittsville, Maryland. If you watch the new trailer, they've completely spun the new trailer differently. They've cut, they've recut the trailer. So now you hear mention of the Blair Witch. Now you hear mention of Burkittsville, Maryland. Things that you did not hear about in the trailer for The Woods. So they were clearly trying to keep it under wraps for, a, you know, that that they were making a new Blair Witch movie, and they just called it The Woods, I'm guessing this is my take on the thing. I'm guessing they wanted to keep it a secret. Someone, they did this whole marketing thing for the woods. They called it the woods. They released the trailers as the woods. And then someone got cold feet and said, no one's going to go fucking see a movie called the woods. Everyone's going to go see a movie called Blair Witch. Well,
2: no shit, Sherlock.
3: Let's let the cat out of the bag. But I think it was a mistake. (laughs) Yep. Uh, yeah, I think this was a mistake. I think what yeah. they should have done, and I like the idea of them keeping it to themselves and, and sort of springing it on people. I think that's kind of cool. But I think what would have been fun is if they had waited for the movie to come out, waited for the first, uh, you know, the the first run people to go see it, and then social media would have exploded after they saw that movie people would have shit their pants and just been all over like it's fucking Blair Witch it's Blair Witch it's Blair Witch and then everyone would have gone to see the movie Uh, it would have rivaled the original yeah I think they blew their watch (laughs) too early now even if they had even if they decided they couldn't stand it they just couldn't do that but they had to let people know because they're that scared of losing money If they had just held on to it for a little bit longer, because now it's what, two months away?
2: Yeah, the excitement will die down by then.
3: Right. I mean, everyone's talking about it now, and then you've got this dip the whole month of August and half of September, and then the movie's going to come out, and everyone will have already been excited and not anymore, you know? They'll
2: fucking be stalling out, rolling into the fucking finish line.
3: People will still go see it. That's, go, that's going to happen. It's going to be a thing. But I just think the impact would have been so much more fun and so much cooler if they had waited. But I think what happened is that they uh, that the, the numbers people would never let that happen. You know, the only thing they care about, they don't give a shit about surprising people or having fun with something. That's why we don't have any William Castles anymore. You know, no one's going to take risks like that. No one is going to spend money on wild-ass marketing campaigns and shit like that when they, when they aren't going to get it back or when there's a fear that they won't get it back. Yeah, but they're so, idiots. because I if,
0: think so, too. Yeah, if the buzz would have happened that way, it would have rivaled the same buzz when the original one came out and everyone would be talking about it. It would be on social media. It would be on fucking, I don't know if Entertainment Tonight still exists. It would be on the uh, E! Network. No. Okay, it would be on the E network. It would be places, and then people would all rush to go see it because of that fucking free marketing. Right. Of course. God, they're so stupid. So I, stu- I. I couldn't agree more. That it's. Ah, damn you, you bitch. And I didn't yeah. know all the particulars because I don't. Not only do I not watch trailers, and I haven't in two years probably now. I don't read anything posted at all that's considered a horror news. Yeah. It, when it comes up, I read the headline, and I that's never. It click on it at all so that's why when you just said what you were saying jamie and you were getting you know more in depth with it i was like oh i was legitimately fucking you know i didn't know every little detail i don't even look at that shit anymore so i was just like wow me too
3: that's another thing that i think they fucked up on because this is what i said to brian when we okay because what happened was we saw the trailer at the movies we came home 12 hours later uh matt posted it on The I think it was on the skeleton crew page, or somewhere. It might have been exploding. I don't remember where Matt posted it somewhere, and he was like, "The fuck!" Better be on the skeleton crew page. And um, so Brian, he pulls. He's like, "He's like, baby, come here. Look, (laughs) watch." He's like, "Come here, watch this trailer." So I was like, "Okay." And he's like, "Have you seen this before?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we saw it this morning. We saw it at the movies." He's like, "No, we didn't." You know, and I'm like, "What?" (laughs) And so then I'm watching it and and then you see it looks like the same movie, it is the same movie, but it's completely different marketing. So this is, and then at the time, the first thing I said was, well, way to confuse the fuck out of people because there are people like us who pay attention to what's going on in the world. There are people like our listeners who pay attention to what's going on in the horror world. We are on social media all the time. We read this shit. We know, we live it. You know, horror is our life. We know what the fuck is going on. But your average, everyday random viewer doesn't pay that much attention. So they're going to see a trailer. They will have seen a trailer when they went to the movies to see um see the woods. Cause I mean, let's face it, there are people that are gonna go see lights out that aren't necessarily horror fans because someone a long time ago when that short went viral showed them the short. They thought it was cool, so now they're gonna go see the movie. But they don't keep track of horror. so oh, they heard my to So song. they're going to they're gonna sit there. Yeah. Uh, they're going <laughs> to sit there and uh, they'll see the trailer for The Woods. They'll file it away. They won't really think anything necessarily of it. Uh, maybe. I don't know. But then now there's this other trailer out. And that's going to confuse the shit out of people who don't that's weird. pay attention.
2: Well, here. How about you know? this, Jamie? Now, you're speaking. You're giving a lot of credit or a lot of, uh, what's the word, stock into blair witch as if that name will put asses in the seat but i want to ask you this now i don't know anything about it as every real hardcore skeleton crew fan knows i have never seen any of the blair witch movies uh yeah it's a, a bizarre thing but it's true jamie what is the actual state of this franchise uh are there i think there's only two of them is that right yes okay now isn't part two known for being terrible
3: uh, depends on who you talk to. If you talk to anyone who has any sense, no. Really? It's good? <laughs> I think it's fantastic. I mean, Dave, it uh, yeah, it's good. really good. We, it, was, it was a B <laughs> choice for ABCs of hidden horror. And anybody who wants to know, if you, if you don't believe us, if you want to know why we think this movie's so good, go listen to that episode. It's episode B. It's the very second episode we did. Go check it out. And um, then you'll go hear why exactly... It out. Why Book of Shadows is not a bad film. It's the exact opposite of a bad film, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Now, huh. it did get trashed when it came out, but only because people were wanted more of what the first one was, and they didn't get that. So they were pissy. You know, I've liked it from the beginning. Wow. Brian liked it from the beginning. And, it, and a lot of us out there have liked it from the beginning because we saw, for, we saw it for what it was. Um, yeah, a lot of people... Yeah, uh, a lot of people got pissy because they didn't get more of the same. And that's what they wanted. That's what everybody always wants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. God. So as far as the state of the franchise, it holds a lot of power. It holds a lot of nostalgia, especially for people who... I don't think necessarily for people who have come up since then. I think um, if you didn't <laughs> see it or if you weren't a part of that whole zeitgeist, if you weren't around for all of that, then...
2: Wow, special pumpkins
3: it may not mean <laughs> it may not mean anything to you or it mean as much to you you probably just know the history of it but if you were part of all of that then yeah i think it still holds a lot of weight wow
2: i'm in the loser club no <laughs> i can't believe it it's not going to mean that much to
0: me it's only, i'd say it's 50-50 in the whole community
3: i mean i i i have to say that if someone if someone like say for instance if you were to watch the first movie right now right i don't i don't think it's possible for it to have the same impact on you that it had on people who saw it originally because at this point found footage has been done
2: by the way guys our main event for tonight it's the summertime we could do something like just talk about what we normally watch in the summer and if we get real desperate we'll do that next show but uh, for this show... <laughs> we
0: will. We will. Yeah,
2: we will. But for this show, we, <laughs> okay. came up, we spent three seconds in coming up with a real segment. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, our favorite top five actors in horror movies. So all three of us are going to give you our top five favorite actors in horror film. What we're going to do, basically, is tell you who they are and then um, give you... Uh, a list of about one to ten movies that they were in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's like a, that's, a, that's a big number, right? But before we get there, uh, I just want to talk real quick just to stay topical. And I did watch the first two movies, so I feel that I'm well versed enough to continue this conversation. Thank God, finally. It's Purge 3, guys. I have not watched Purge 3.
3: Yeah, that's
2: how we saw it. Okay, Jamie. Now, I watched... Before we say what you think, Purge 1, I felt, was insanely horrible. It's laughable, worst premise, worst everything, uh, ridiculous, you know, it's halfway entertaining. The most annoying part was they had this little kid in the movie, and he fucks up, lets this homeless guy in the house during the Purge, And so the people who wanted to kill the homeless guy all now want to go into that house to kill uh, him. Or if if they don't let them kill him, they'll kill the whole family. So they eventually get in and basically kill, well, just the dad, I think. Um, So the little kid is completely responsible for this whole thing. And you would think they keep on sort of leading as if there'd be some kind of character arc with this kid where it would all, it would make it all uh, pay off. But no, he's just a sniveling retard who let this guy in the house and killed his dad and that's it. Like there's no arc with this kid. But they seem to put so much focus on him With having this car running around the house with a camera on it. Hitting his mom and scaring his mom. And it seemed like this kid would have a real big part in the movie. But it really led nowhere. And the main villain was fucking laughable, dude. I mean, it is laughable. His acting was horrendous. So over the top and ridiculous. Not realistic at all. It seemed like he took 101... I'm acting lessons. So, if you know, there's a term. I'm acting! That's like a sarcastic version of you're not being real at all. So, that's my take on the first movie. The second one, I thought was a great sequel. Better than the first. They did it correctly. Any of you guys have any comments on the first two before we get to that third?
0: Uh, The first one was uh, an average home invasion movie I thought nothing special and the second one one I liked better than the first didn't love it but I enjoyed it more so I'm not rushing out to see the third as a matter of fact all three of them I think I think I waited to see all three of them they're they're, they're, they're all wait at home wait for uh, wait for Blu-ray or DVD or wait for it to come on a streaming site kind of movie to me you know I love supporting my horror at the show but I just I don't run out to, to see the purge you know
2: Jamie
1: Sammons.
3: Uh, Well, I agree about the first one. I really was disappointed because I wanted something on a bigger scale, and then it ends up just taking place in one asshole's house. And, (laughs) um, you know, and the kid was stupid, and I just didn't like any of them. And so, fuck them. I I just was very upset by that because I was excited about the premise. I thought the premise was a really cool idea, something original, and I think they completely wasted it. Uh, When the second one came out, uh, I went to go see it uh, just because it looked like it was going to be bigger than the first one and maybe more of what I wanted, and then uh, that's what I got. It was actually closer to what I envisioned the first one should have been. It was very action-y. It was um, really fun. I liked the characters. Uh, I was really into the lead character. And I ended up seeing that movie about three times. Uh, not in the theater. I saw it once in the theater. And then after that, I saw it about two more times because I was showing it to other people. And um, I, I really liked it. So when the third one came out, I was pretty excited. I was like, oh, well, you know, um, that should be even bigger. You know, I mean, if it follows the pattern, Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. So what I'm getting out of that one word is wait till it's on Netflix. If you even <laughs> <laughs> if you even want to waste that much time.
3: No, I I I still liked it. Oh I liked yeah. It. Okay. I just don't think it was. It definitely wasn't bigger than the second one, even though it had a, a million dollars more in the budget. I think that must have gone to Michael T. Williams or something. I don't know what they did with that million dollars, but it actually felt smaller to me. Uh, it was missing. We had the same lead character, which I really liked because I liked him. Um, and uh, I like the characters. I had a lot of fun with the characters. There was some nice humor. It, um, it had some really good moments, but then at the same time, uh, it was missing something, and what it was missing was purging. There wasn't enough. There wasn't enough watching people go batshit crazy, because let's face it, that's why I want to see these movies. I want to see exactly how nuts people go when you give them the license to do anything they want. There were a couple of disturbing scenes. Um, one of them actually did stick with me for a while, but they're just... W- it was lacking in that. I, I think the streets felt kind of empty. There was, There just wasn't a lot. I'm like, where is everyone? Why isn't anyone doing anything? You know, this. I felt like the second one was much, had a lot more going on. And um, this one was also really heavy handed with the political statement, which the second one was too. But this seemed to be just even more focused on that and less focused on having action and having things actually happen. So... Uh, I didn't like it as much. So the the order for me is anarchy, then.
2: You know, what? I I don't know the names. Can you just say one, two, three?
3: Um. Okay. <laughs> is uh the the order for me is two, three, one. Two, three, one. Wow. One still ends at the bottom. Yeah. Oh yeah. E- even yeah. <laughs> it's it's still way better than the first one. Hoosier. Yeah. yeah way you know better, what? You know. Yeah. I mean, because this one.
0: It sounds like it's more like two, where it's action yeah. out in the fucking street, and it's a, we actually see purging instead of a home invasion movie.
3: Mm-hmm. You which, do just I just yeah. don't feel there was enough of it, but you do. And what you do see looks good. You know, there's some there's some creepy stuff. The effects are great. Um, there is some. I just don't feel like they use their imagination enough because this is the kind of thing where you should just be able to let it go and be like, if I let if this go- were a real thing what would people do if how crazy would people get you know if they just were allowed to be off their leashes and do anything they wanted what do you think they would do i don't think they would hassle a guy who owns a store because he stopped them from stealing a candy bar earlier i don't know maybe they would (laughs) but it just wow that sounds bad um yeah well, that particular character she was so over the top. it was hilarious like i I could not take her seriously she was so, she was so over the top evil and just insanely just bleh, like her facial expressions and uh, you got to watch the movie just so you can know who I'm talking about, because oh my god um i couldn't I had to laugh at her like I couldn't be afraid of her. I couldn't think she was a threat because it was just too comical but um Eh, anyway, um, but- the political stuff might be a turn on
0: if you if you like what they're saying though. Like me personally, if I happen to agree with what, whatever type of message they're trying to send, I would honestly rather have more of that than action because I'm not an action movie guy. So uh, that yeah. actually makes me a little excited, but I don't know if I'm going to agree with the, the type of fucking, you know, what they're putting in it
3: politically. Well, you know? it's and it's not that I have anything against the message. I, I you know, I get that. I, I just feel like we got the message. You know, I, I feel like we got the message a long time ago. It's, it's overkill. So- yeah,
2: I know. It's the third fucking movie already, bro. We
3: get like, it. St- you don't have to tell us about that anymore. We understand it. You know, yes, rich people suck people, you know, poor yeah, people. Yeah, why
2: are- why is it always that way? What if we all get really successful? What are we assholes? What is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> all right guys, we'll be back with our big feature presentation top 5 favorite actors in horror. Hey guys, real quick, this is Alex. I'm just jumping in during production of the show because Jonathan Orr sent a listener letter and uh, I told him that he still had time. I really thought he was going to send a video or something. I would just put the audio in here. So I'll read his letter really quick. What's up, my dear friends of the Skeleton Crew? Yes, my dear friends, every single one of you. First of all, I would like to thank you, Alex, for getting me on to do that chaotic game show. The Skeleton Crew Challenge. The whole process was exhausting for me. I had to pick my hours to do the research, people in my ear constantly wanting to use the computer so they can do their thing. Then there was the fact that I had to sleep, but nothing's gonna top the fact that I've completely forgotten to write down the answer to the final question in round three. That's gonna eat me up for a long time, but it was all in good fun. Yeah, show 117 will be another personal favorite of mine, other than show 76. But that's all I ever wanted to do for you people. Just give you good, clean fun and jam with my friends. Not just you cats, but the cats in the skeleton crew group page too. I'm glad that some of y'all had fun with it, and I appreciate that one of you wanted another challenge so soon. But that was a one-time thing, I'm afraid. I love my friends, man, I love every one of you cats, and if 120 is going to be the very last show, I want to make one last declaration, or maybe just a revelation. Alex, you're one of the best guys I've ever known. You're like one of my brothers. I love you. Man, Dave Z, you're one of the funniest dudes I've ever known. Each show I hear you on, you just crack me the hell up, break me to pieces, even on skeleton bones. Jamie, dear Jamie, dispel always consider you a friend of mine. Always. One love to you all. Jonathan Orr, aka Johnny Gore. Hello kiddies, it's me, John Kassir, the voice of The Crypt Keeper.
1: And you're listening to the Skeleton Crew. <laughs>
2: This is a very special segment. It took a lot of time to put together, a lot of thought, and we actually, you know, hey listen, we're going to represent, man. Uh, We love horror movies and things like that, and what we love more than anything is we have this show, which is a vehicle to kind of tell all of our friends what they may be missing, you know? You know, you always love finding gems or finding anything, whether it's horror or anything, any uh, favorite bands or whatever. You want to tell your friends, oh, God, did you hear this new song from whatever, blah, blah. And you always want to, like, expose people to gems in the world that you've found. Well, since we're all into horror, we all have our favorite horror movies, obviously. But it goes a little deeper than that sometimes. Sometimes you have this person that you just like kind of latch on or something struck you about their performance in a movie and you were like fuck that's that was great and th- this guy really lived the character he embodied there is no distance between that actor and that character he was dead on god damn did he bring that to life And, you know, one of the the top guys who have done that is uh, a pretty famous actor named Bela Lugosi, who played Dracula. I mean, people have said there is zero distance between Dracula and Bela Lugosi. When he played Dracula, there wasn't a guy acting there. That was Dracula, man. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. You know, the movie wasn't that great. We reviewed that, The Skeleton Crew, in 2013. But that performance cannot be rivaled. And, you know, there's those few times that that happens. So we latch on to certain actors and we're like, oh, oh, what were, what else were they in, you know? Oh, oh, shit, they were in that? Okay, I'll check that out. Yeah, I love that. That guy was great and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, eventually you become a fan of a certain actor or actress. So basically we want to do a segment where we kind of highlight our favorite uh, Five or so. We'll even have honorable mentions. So we'll do like a real in-depth kind of thing on our favorite five people in horror, and then say, "Hey, listen. Also check out a lot of the movies that these people are into." So, uh, let's start it off with Dave Z. You have a, a list here of your, you know, five or so favorite actors in horror uh can you give us a name dave and tell us the movies that they were highlighted and some of their best work why you love them and all that kind of thing who who would you say who's your first uh, pick out of this list
3: uh okay
0: well (laughs) believe it or not it's donald pleasance
2: (laughs) awesome that is amazing (laughs) now are you gonna go with argento I have a feeling you're going to highlight... What's it called? N- pneumonia? Or... no?
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Is that
3: a new one that's coming out?
0: Is that- <laughs> <laughs> He's called it that before, or something close to that. If you're talking about that... <laughs> uh, Donald Pleasants. um... Halloween 1 Halloween 2 Halloween 4 <laughs> Oh shit! wait he wasn't in Halloween 3 <laughs> I thought that. no no you said 3 when well, you did it before but I I, I perfected it <laughs> I should have said 3 was <laughs> he wasn't in Halloween 3 wait what do you mean uh, he, was he on the screen no no just Michael was the, you know this list the way I came up with everyone on this list is that when I see them I, I, I get excited I'm happy to see them and uh, Donald Pleasant, a, definitely, I've always been a big fan. I l- love his delivery of lines in the Halloween oh, yeah. series. Anytime I see him, like you said, like Phenomena or Geno, it's just, anytime I see him, it, especially in the Halloween series, he's great everywhere, but especially Phenomenal. there, he's funny. Unintentionally <laughs> funny. But but, he, it, but a great actor at the same time. So Lonnie, get your ass away from there. There, there down oh.
2: <laughs> hey come on <laughs> He's He's great, great. Great. I mean let's just try to get into Donald's headspace for one second what do you think went through his mind five seconds before he went nail, nail. <laughs> I just want to know like was he saying okay I'm gonna say this as if nail, nail, nail. <laughs> I think maybe he was afraid. Maybe he thought
0: something really was going down when they turned those fucking those knobs on those on those cans.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're so focused on the knobs, like am I really gonna die here or what? <laughs> you probably
0: got nervous, man. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen him in Prince of Darkness, Alex?
2: Uh I have one of those sad, terrible stories where I started watching that movie and within twenty minutes I just turned it off and I gave it away to Ryan Lewis. Uh, Ryan uh Murphy.
0: Okay. Well I know Jamie's more familiar with Donald Pleasance than any of us because I never watched um, Carpenter's non-horror movies, so I haven't seen the uh, Escape from New York. Is he the mayor or something? Oh different? my god! He's the president. Yeah, the president. Whatever. <laughs> uh, and that's gotta be great to see, because I love him. I imagine Donald Pleasance as the president? Holy no,
2: f- I'll be honest with you, he's hardly...
0: Really? Is he as good as E.G. Marshall was in Superman 2?
2: No. <laughs>
3: no. I also have seen him in uh in the miniseries Centennial he played a potential rapist guide uh, in the old West who had part of his nose gnawed off
2: <laughs> a rat gnawed that thing off his face because I gave him a quarter
3: <laughs> His name was Buck melanoma Molly Russell's wart. <laughs> oh, Jamie so, yeah. is amazing.
0: Donald Pleasants. What else can I uh, say? Come on. We all know him. We all, a lot of people love him.
3: You don't gotta sell
2: us on that one, brother.
3: I knew he would be on somebody's list. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Not mine, but I knew I mean you know spoiler. Oh,
2: <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, good. Jamie, variety is not a bad thing. Not at all. Okay, so now Jamie, since you made that bold statement, let's hear one of your top five.
3: One of mine is Is a guy who has burst on the scene kind of recently compared to some of the others that are on, or they're going to be all on all of our lists, I imagine. And uh, he is someone who impressed me pretty much out of the gate, and he just keeps getting better. It is Nick Dimici. And uh, if you don't recognize the name, then you will probably recognize the man if you've seen uh, Mulberry Street or Stakeland or We Are What We Are or Cold in July or Late Phases. Uh, he works, uh, uh, and, uh, and I'm excited because the Stake Lander is coming out, uh, which is a sequel to Stake Land, which I absolutely love. But uh, he works heavily, and mostly, although he's done other things outside the genre, but he mostly works with um, with Mikkel, Jim Mickle, the director. And uh, I absolutely love this guy. I'm uh, he never turns in a bad performance, and uh if you haven't seen any of those movies then i recommend you do it
2: well here does he put does he put those movies over though like if they weren't that great does he put them over
3: oh yeah i mean he he plays the lead in stakeland uh which is a post-apocalyptic vampire film and uh he it is his movie and he blows everyone away It's, it's really good um Late phases. Uh, he plays an old, bl- and he plays a guy who's older than he actually is, um, who is a veteran, who is blind, and is fighting werewolves. And
2: wow, he, he's covering the whole gambit. Where's he gonna face Frankenstein's? <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, it's not, and it's not even. And that's the thing is, it's not a comedy. Like this is a, it's a, oh. it's a damn. It's just a damn good character piece. This this uh, film is a an amazing. Uh, work of character work and uh, Cold in July is excellent. We are what we are. Is all of these are just great movies. Go look at it. Go watch these movies, and then uh, you'll see who I'm talking about. And uh, he's fantastic. So, Yule. Nice. Cool. That's one.
0: Nice. That's a good pick. A surprising one, a little bit, but yeah, I like him too.
3: Thank you.
2: Uh, well, I'm going to go with uh, a very well known name here. You know, a lot of people say, you know, Alex, I really like your show. I think it's cool and everything. But, you know, it's weird. One of your main things about what you're known for is that you're into these classic movies. And I'm, I don't know, I never got into them. I, I just don't get it. I don't, you know, it seems so far beyond culture or what's happening or whatever. It just seems too distant to me, I guess. And they say, I just don't relate. Blah, blah, blah. Can you recommend something that would get me into it whatever? One thing I can say about that, you know, the answer to that is I'm not sure that it's the movies themselves that make me really love them or what draw me to them. I really feel that the the dynamic of what makes classic horror great is that – and Jamie, correct me if I'm wrong. I could be wrong because I know – I know that uh, classic movies, even though we had those you know, greats in the 30s and the very early 40s, eventually they were just churned out because uh, they were trying to make people forget about the war, stuff like that. So it actually did quickly become an unrespected genre, very quickly, even though real actors were playing these roles at the time, you know you know now you know you know how it is since the eighties, any asshole chick who's sort of cute will be in a movie or, 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 no matter if they have no experience, no talent, nothing, but back in the older days, they had to have real talent to be cast in a movie. They just wouldn't let every asshole in here
3: well, mostly because I and mean, the big studios like universal for instance um since uh, this is a an, the example of uh, were they used contract players. And uh, you worked under contract, so they're not just dragging pe- people off the street and throwing them into movies. They actually had contract players. So yeah, I would you know you weren't uh, you wouldn't get a contract if you weren't worth keeping around. You know. Okay.
2: Yeah. So my answer is, what makes me like them? They were they had great actors. Mm-hmm. So uh, one I'm going to go with and uh, Boris Karloff.
3: Yeah, I can dig it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh, Boris Karloff is so far beyond an a regular person on Earth. He's not even a great actor. He's a one in a billion type person, and you should all be very grateful because he is probably what is the reason we are where we are, or where we were whenever you loved horror. You know, you might say, "Oh God, where we are now? I don't like horror now." Uh, well, guess what? Whenever you liked it, he's one of the reasons it was ever there. Um, so, obviously, Frankenstein is what he's known for in the general public. Bride of Frankenstein was one of those rare movies, just like Terminator 2 or Aliens, that are known as better than the original, except right. for Jamie.
3: All right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't forget. I didn't forget. <laughs> now, she's one of the rare people who say, fuck that. His voice, his mannerisms, the way he embodied the characters. uh, He was just so invested. He never treated any role like it was a piece of shit movie. He always was really into what he was doing. And I have a lot of box sets. And, uh, yeah, he gave a true performance in every one of them. Uh, So, he was in uh, Black Cat with Bella Gosi, you should watch. He was actually, even if you want to get out of horror... The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, that cartoon, was narrated and performed by Boris Karloff. He was so amazing that they said, he has to narrate this because that voice and the way he does it. And he's so amazing that we're also going to have him play the Grinch. Like, that, when does that ever happen? When is, the, you know, it's just it's just so crazy. Uh, the, the movie The Raven, I believe that was also with Bela Lugosi. Jamie, did you ever see the movie with Boris Karloff called The Walking Dead?
3: Yes, I was actually looking. Uh, um, we have it in our database that I ran across it. And I was like, oh, we need to watch that. I have, I have seen it, and it's been a long time. But I actually remarked the other day that we need to watch that because it's been a long time.
2: Isn't that so crazy? It, there was already something called The Walking Dead? Yeah. <laughs> and Karloff was in it. That's so weird. So – I bought this box set of Boris Karloff. It's called Icons of Horror Collection Boris Karloff. Four classic films on DVD. Um, It's made by uh, Columbia Pictures. You have to get this, guys. There's a movie on this called The Black Room. And it sounds like a typical, you know, I don't know, 50s, 60s uh, horror movie, whatever. It means nothing. There's something so amazing about that movie, and the performances are captivating. Like I said, he gave his all into each one, and that is a movie you've got to watch. The Black Room. Just watch that. It's like so fulfilling on every single level to a horror fan. So just check that one out. We already did a review on Abbott and Costello Meet the Killer, and uh, that was Boris Karloff. He was in that one, and... Uh, Jamie didn't love it too much, but we also reviewed Abbott Costello Meet Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And she was just more upset that there was not enough Abbott Costello, but there are no complaints about Boris Karloff. You know, that's just. Oh, no. Yeah. He's just. You can't complain about him. He's never really dropped the ball. So check that movie out too. And finally from Scream Factory.
3: I did see one movie where I think I think I would categorize it as him dropping the ball. And really? this Which one? was it was I can't remember the name of it. It's something about an ape man, an a, a um or a gorilla. What the hell? Um Yeah. I, did. He drop the ball that one. I felt like he kind of phoned. You know what I'm talking about. Like it. Yeah, it's okay. called
2: either 8 man or gorilla something. Thing. Okay. I remember actually seeing that
3: in the list I was going through. I feel like he phoned it in. You know his his performance there just felt like he didn't want to be there. And I mean I can kind of understand because at that point I mean Bela Lugosi was doing a bunch of crap too. You know it just. Oh yeah. I mean when it got toward the end they were just, you know you got to eat. Yeah,
2: they were making paychecks.
3: Um and so I really felt like he he just didn't even really want to be there but at the same time it went while watching the movie I get I get why he didn't want to be there it was awful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um uh but you know for the most part I agree with you I just think that like later on he did have some roles but he just took just taking them but you know but I can't like I said I can't blame him for that because the source material was not um it was not very quality you know he's better than that all right dave z what's your next one
0: uh my number four is bill mosley
3: oh Oh, nice nice. well i like it
0: i i've loved bill mosley since since chainsaw 2 you know i saw chainsaw 2 before i saw chainsaw 1 and i think well i he completely carries that movie. He's the best part of that movie by far. Oh, yeah. And I'm I, believe me, I like the movie, don't get me wrong. But he is the reason that I love it. If he's not in it, then it's uh, I don't know. It, it 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 takes a hit. But I've always quoted his lines for years from that movie, him and my fr- me and my friends. So I've always been into him. And then when, I'll never forget, you know well I also saw him in um Night of the Living Dead remake, but I didn't know it was him at the time. But because he's so drastically different in that role than he is any role he's done, really. So, uh, But then when I saw him in House of a Thousand Corpses, I'll never forget, I rented that movie. I couldn't wait to see it. Came home, put it in, and when he came out and (laughs) and how he was like Otis, but a different type of Otis. Not Otis, sorry. He was Otis in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) He was reminiscent of Chop Top, but on on another kind of level. I was fucking all about that. I, you were sold. I, I was so sold. Yeah, I I even dressed up like him uh, in his House of a Thousand Corpses garb for fucking, at, 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 on Halloween at the casino that I worked at, the fucking Flamingo. I was dealing at the Flamingo in Las Vegas, dressed up in fucking that red, when they go outside and they have that thing at the end and they lower them into the fucking thing and he has his face all made up. You guys know what I'm talking about?
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah, He's got
0: that white paint on his face and that fucking yeah, with the cross on it and all that shit. I had that that makeup just like that. I had a fucking blonde wig like he had, and I had the fucking red cape. I looked exactly like he did, and that was me dealing fucking uh, letter ride in Caribbean Stud in a fucking in the Flamingo Las Vegas. So <laughs> really, yep, yep. Wow. I they all I almost. They almost didn't want me in there because I didn't have a mask on, but because my face was so painted and I had the wig and everything, it's like a security thing. It's Las Vegas, you know. I mean, they don't fuck around. So I almost uh, I almost wasn't even allowed to fucking come into work, but they they, they had a meeting on it. They said I can go in. But anyway, yeah, Bill Mosley uh, in The Devil's Rejects and everything else he does, even Repo. I don't, I don't even like that movie Repo. That
2: oh, the genetic opera? Yeah,
0: but I like what he does in it
2: so I, wasn't Paris Hilton in that movie was that her I don't know was she given a blowjob what <laughs> in repo no I'm just kidding oh okay I'm doing another real life uh,
0: oh okay okay because I only saw video. that once I only saw that.
2: yeah isn't it weird two, two jokes like that in one show with Winona Ryder and now this no ridiculous yeah so what Paris Hilton did what what was she
0: she was in House of Wax. I know that.
2: Yeah, but she was also in Phantom the Genetic Opera.
0: Phantom the Genetic Opera. Phantom huh?
3: the Genetic Opera. <laughs> it's, a, it's a new.
2: It's a,
0: the it's a sequel. It's a stage <laughs> show on Phantom. Oh fuck. Oh, oh fucker! I'm talking about Bill Moseley. He's the man. I fuck it. And and then what he did with that character in Rejects is amazing. He took it to that other level again. Mean as a motherfucker, doing Manson style shit. And yeah. Uh, yeah, he just, he, he's a fucking show stealer. He's always been my favorite. When And everyone seems to be a bigger fan of uh, Captain Spaulding and Sid Haig. And nothing, I'm not taking anything from that, but I was always an Otis guy too. I've just no, always. Oh, I loved, was too. I was too. Right. See, he's great. He puts every, everything into his performances. Uh, You
3: actually, he manages to make that character somewhat sexy, and I don't even get that. But I I can't intellectually explain it. But there's something about him um, that Bill Mosley does. Like when he's telling him, you know, that better be some Mark Twain shit, you know. Um, (laughs) It's just his wittiness and his I don't know. There's something alluring about that.
2: You know what really struck me on The Last View? And this is great. I mean, I really think everyone's going to love this um in in devil's rejects i think it is yeah so he's walking with this guy remember the guy who kept saying he shook hands with johnny cash yeah
0: yeah okay S- uh, sullivan
2: yeah so remember how <laughs> otis asks him if he likes a certain song and he goes yeah and he goes yeah you like that song and he's like yeah and he goes man you're into that top 40 shit. You're just another faggot city slicker with a cowboy hat. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. He's like, I thought you were some true blue, uh, fucking.
2: Yeah. Redneck or whatever. You're just a city slicker faggot with a, a cowboy hat. <laughs> like, and I uh, believe you guys, I don't condone faggot as in derogatory gay, but it's just a hilarious line. Like,
0: yeah, I like that song that they were fucking even making fun of. Fooled around and fell in love. That's a good to- good song.
2: Right, so we all feel like assholes when he sits there and says that. But in reality, it's like, well, gee, sorry. Yeah, some top 40 songs are good. <laughs> but yeah, that was just like a great line. I don't, I don't know. But.
0: So yeah, he's great. Oh, I'm glad you guys dig him. I, I knew you
2: already did shit. Mr. Bill? <laughs> uh, Mr. Bill, if anybody wants to... Uh, If anybody shares Dave Z's passion for Bill Mosley, you could all go to horrorphilia.com and check out the Skeleton Crew show, which you're listening to, and go to show number nineteen, Bill Mosley Meets the Skeleton Crew. We did a over an hour, I think, interview with that guy. And he is just great. And then I met him in real life, me and uh, Jerry Vitetta. And me.
0: He's a laser. (laughs) Wait, <laughs> wait! You, you met at weren't you? You don't there, remember right? the whole fucking thing? All I wanted to do was meet Bill Mosley at that fucking thing, and I did. And I fucking he held up the banana laser picture and everything. Wait, you have a picture? He was great. Yeah, fuck yeah! I put it up on on my Facebook. I put it up in the oh, do
2: it again. I, I don't know where it is. I will. Yeah, I'll find it. Oh man, yeah! How great that you and Mac got to meet him too. Yeah, we all hung out and talked to him. Yeah, I remember it now. Okay. Yeah, yep. He was, oh, was what cool as time. fuck. Yeah. Definitely. Oh yeah, a lot of love fun. Bill Mosley, man. Yep. So, am I next or is Jamie next? Oh, Jamie's next. Okay, go ahead, Jamie's. What's your next one?
3: Um, this is another new one. I'm not necessarily going in order of how I love these people. My number one, I'm saving for number one, but the everyone else is it's just too hard. So, uh, but this is a relatively newer one, and it's Vera Farmiga. And yeah. I first came to know who she was in Orphan. And I remarked at the time, I saw, I saw that in the theater, and I remarked at the time that, uh, you know, I was like, I don't know who she is, but I really love her. Like, I thought she was great. And, I mean, just a standout performance in that By film. By the way,
2: I don't know who she was in that movie because I haven't seen it since it came out. Is she a mom? or Is she the mom? Yeah. 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 Okay. She's the mom.
3: And uh, then, of course, since then, she's been in well, obviously Bates Motel, but then also uh, The Conjuring and The Conjuring Two, um, and just the, oh, I absolutely love her. I've already said earlier that uh, that Norma Bates is one of my all-time favorite television characters, and uh, the performance that she puts out in the Conjuring series is just—it's heart-wrenching. I absolutely love the relationship she has with Patrick Wilson and that I believe them. It it feels real to me. So I love her and she has quickly risen to the top of uh, my favorite people list.
2: Cool. There's nothing better than when a new person does that. Absolutely. Cause it, it's cool because you know, we all feel nostalgia is an amazing feeling, but you know, let's admit it's, sometimes a little cooler yeah and see i i oh, sorry no no i was gonna say when we're living that moment
3: yeah and i had as far as she goes i had forgotten about her like i saw her an orphan i liked her an orphan and i you know didn't really see her in anything after that didn't think anything of it when uh bates motel was coming out i saw and i was like vera farmiga i know her that's that chick from orphan you know and it was <laughs> i was a excited um so you know that was cool it's like i that name stuck it was there i had filed it away but um and i was actually excited and she fulfilled that like i she didn't let me down i was excited to see her again and you know there she was
2: yeah i don't have many new people on my list but yeah i mean i love new people too uh we'll mention oh oh shit i gotta add her name too we actually do we already yeah we already mentioned her the chick from scream Four.
0: Emma Roberts. Yeah, my girl. Emma
2: Roberts. Uh, I'm going to add that to my honorable mentions right now. Because there's something really great. You know, nostalgia is an unbeatable thing. But I don't know, man. There's something cool about living the moment and not always having to look back or relive something. Not that that's a bad thing. It's awesome. Because it just kind of recaptures that feeling we had at that moment, which is not any more disingenuous than what we feel right now. But there's also something really great about embracing something new, which I've been really into lately. So, which we sort of talked about with Sons of Anarchy and Stranger Things and things like that. So it's, it's just a great thing. Okay, so, well, uh, <laughs> I'm actually going back back but here's the thing it ain't like i grew up in the 60s guys i didn't grow up in the 30s or 40s or anything clearly
3: no i did
2: (laughs) yeah yeah you did because you're 56 (laughs) but um but so to me i know it's so weird this stuff is new to me for example the guy i'm talking about now is vincent price yay yay nice and here's the thing, guys. I'm just like you. I'm sort of your age. I'm probably exactly some of your ages. But uh, when I first started watching horror, House on Haunted Hill was one of the like earlier things I saw. And I was a huge fan of the Batman show from 1966 with Adam West. So Egghead was an amazing character to me. And that's Vincent Price. And, um... This guy, to me, just does not, cannot do any wrong. I mean, yeah, I've seen a couple movies where it's not that amazing and things like that. Because, you know, Scream Factory released three uh, box set collections. I have all three. That's how much I love this guy. I I have all three of them. And and, and I'm so happy for it. And I definitely, you know, picked out the gems. I've watched all of it. And I, I checked them off so I know which ones to go back to and uh Vincent Price is exactly sort of like Boris Karloff. I mean, he's so iconic. He he made uh iconic appearances on some of the biggest songs on the planet. Uh th- uh Thriller from Michael Jackson. He was the guy who talked at the end of that cuz his voice is so iconic just like Karloff. And then he was also in a song from Alice Cooper <clears throat> called um the black widow but i think his his monologue comes right before and then that that track cuts and then the black widow starts so whatever song comes before black widow on welcome to my nightmare
1: is where he talks uh, leaving Lepidoptera, uh, please don't touch the displays, little boy. <laughs> oh, cute! Uh, moving to the next aisle, we have Arachnida, the spiders, our finest collection. Uh, this friendly little devil is the Heptathelidae, unfortunately harmless. Next to him, the nasty Lycosa raptoria. His tiny fangs cause creeping ulcerations of the skin. <laughs> And here, my prize, the Black Widow, isn't she lovely and so deadly? Her kiss is 15 times as poisonous as that of the rattlesnake. (laughs) You see, her venom is highly neurotoxic, which is to say that it attacks the central nervous system, (laughs) causing intense pain, profuse sweating, difficulty in breathing, loss of consciousness, violent convulsions and, finally, uh, death. You know, I think what I love the most about her is her inborn need to dominate, possess. In fact, immediately after the consummation of her marriage to the smaller and weaker male of the specie, she kills and eats him. Oh, she is delicious. <laughs> and I hope he was. Such power and dignity, unhampered by sentiment if i may put forward a slice of personal philosophy i feel that man has ruled this world as a stumbling demented child king long enough and as his empire crumbles my precious black widow shall rise as his most fitting successor
2: love him the box set's amazing so many gems i'll mention a few of them you know obviously house of wax he's known for and that was remade. We talked earlier. Uh, Paris Hilton was in the remake of House of Wax. Now, I love the remake. I really do. I think it's a great movie. Really great. Love it. But the original, I just recently saw that about a year ago, and I loved it. Oh, my God, is that good? And I always thought it would be boring for some reason, and I finally got the Blu-ray, and I just watched it. It was great. Uh, *Witchfinder Finder General is one of the best movies you'll ever see. That's in the collection. The Haunted Palace. That's in the collection from Scream Factory. And Lon Chaney Jr. is in there. There was a movie called Madhouse. Uh, Clearly, House on Haunted Hill is something you gotta watch. If you only watch the remake, you're missing out, man. So, Vincent Price is my second choice. Okay, Dave Z, who's your third choice?
0: Okay. My number three is Jeffrey Combs.
3: I know that name. Wow. wow. That's Herbert West uh, from Reanimator, yeah. among other things. But that's his pivotal role. But Nowhere nice one. Where else would he one. be in? Nice one.
0: Thank you. Alex, uh, have you seen... Geez, he's great in everything he's been in. Uh, fuck it, that's why That's why he's on the list. But uh, The Frighteners, he's got a part in there. Have you seen The Frighteners? No. No? Have you seen From Beyond? No. Holy shit. And none of the fucking... None of the
2: Reanimators... I've seen part one of Reanimator. What, is he the main guy with the black hair? You the doctor. Hold on, no, he's not the main
0: guy with the dark hair. He has dark hair, too. but well, I was just... He's not the main. Oh. The main guy oh. is fucking Dan. I'm sorry, Keen. No, he, he's Dr. Herbert West. He's the fucking guy. He's the heel in the story. He's the fucking guy with... The, the one who heel.
3: brings all the dead people back to life. Yes. Um, You gotta watch From Beyond, if... For no yeah. other reason, to then see Barbara Crampton in S&M gear. I mean, come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Amen. Sorry. Yeah. Hot. Yeah, she is hot. Yeah. Yeah, she gets given fucking head, too.
2: <laughs> really? Wow. Do they show her technique? Oh, wait, wait. Am I the wrong? Movie? <laughs> I'm thinking of fucking re-animator.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. They're, they're very familiar, though. For, from behind. I think you're thinking
2: of Kelly Stafford.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta love her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, fucking. You could, anyway, you got to see From Beyond because it's a lot like reanimator. It's it's the same director. You have him and Jeffrey Combs in it, and he's a guy that he's just a fucking a, a great actor. Every time I see him, I just love the way he delivers lines. He's his, his his type of delivery, like especially as Herbert West. You know, it's comical fucking delivery of lines. You know, when he has to be, and when he has to be serious, he's serious. But uh, yeah, uh what about Castle Freak? Have you seen that?
2: No. I've seen the cover.
0: <laughs> I give up. I, I give up.
2: He was in that I other one. Dude, it's amazing what I have not watched. Don't even, it's not even getting into it. He's
0: Lovecraft all over, by the way. He was in that Necronomicon movie, which, say what you want about the movie, but he played fucking Lovecraft in that movie.
3: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Jamie, have you seen that or not? Oh,
3: so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm so proud of Dave. I just love Dave, right? <laughs> right? Whenever like whenever we're talking like on ABCs, whenever we're talking about a movie and we are like, you know, it's and Dave's like, Lovecraftian! Like he's <laughs> he gets so excited about it. It's so cute. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, I learned something. Usually I'm a slow learner, but I, I understood the whole Lovecraft shit right away. All all it took was one time for it to be explained to me, and boom, I, I, I got Lovecraftian. So <laughs> lovecraft one it was Lovecraft 101, even though it was episode 10 whatever
2: no, I think it was one, oh, it was not 101 it was one oh two. 102 because we had horror 101 All right correct
3: I just love that you get so excited about it
2: yeah
3: <laughs> I gotta listen to that Lovecraft show again and
0: yeah, you do, and you gotta watch more of fucking Jeffrey Combs straight yes. up, dude.
1: yes
2: yeah, I never knew about it, okay thanks well, hey that that's why we're doing this, dude right.
0: Every time he pops up on a movie that if I didn't know he was there, I'm like, oh, I fucking I perk up. Ah, oh, Jeffrey Combs, all right, all right. Even if it's a small role, he's always entertaining. Like everyone on my list, that, that can sum it up. I, I won't be too long-winded because that, that sums it up. Every, one, every person on my list when I see it, I'm excited to see him. If I didn't know they were there or even when, mm-hmm. if I know they're there, especially Herbert West, the way he fucking, Dan, Cat Dead, details later, oh, he's yeah. fucking... <laughs> Awesome! Awesome! He's <laughs> looking so. Yeah,
2: Jeffrey Combs, man. So, Jamie, what is your third pick?
3: Okay, well, for my next one, I have another lady, and uh, hey. this is this is one that I I have loved her pretty much my entire life, pretty much, and um, mm-hmm. she's still working. She's she's still working. She's... I know who you're going to
2: say, ready?
3: Yeah, go. I thought you were going to guess.
2: I, I, no, no, I am. I am. Believe it or not, I lost my name. It might be someone it, that's
0: on my list.
2: No, no, I know, I know what you're going to say. It's a, It's somebody who played a witch in Lords of Salem.
0: Yes.
3: Yes! Ah, uh, good call. Wow! <laughs> God
0: damn it, am I good. Good call.
3: Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, horror fans know her from all over the place, uh, yes. from... The Howling from Cujo, from Critters. Oh. She dipped out of horror for a second to do ET, uh, but uh, and she's just, she's still working. She's all over the place. She's phenomenal. She's D Wallace. You know, she has really been devoted to the genre, and she's, I've spoken to her on the phone. She actually called me really thanks to well thanks to gary um because uh one of the amazing things that gary does for me is if uh if he's out at a convention i'll just get i'll get random phone calls from like robert russell called me
2: (laughs) no wait did you record these conversations
3: well, you know, I don't know they're coming. I'll just be sitting around watching TV. All of a sudden, my phone rings, and it's like, hi, is this Jamie? This is D Wallace. And I'm like, what? Wow.
2: Okay, Jamie, from now on, if you ever get a call like this, you run to the computer.
3: Okay, good. Can you hang on for one second, please? I I have yeah. to, make
2: Jim no, no, um, J- no, just give her a childhood story stall say, "Hey, listen, when I was a kid, I used to love you guys <laughs> and then just just stall <laughs> and then finally get to on and get on your thing, press speakerphone and I want this on our show for now
1: on
3: That's mine Love her. Uh, she just there's something so open and friendly about her and every role that she does. she's just warm. there's a warmth and it feels genuine. You know, I also think she has a fantastic scream. I love her scream and laugh and gotcha. smile.
2: <laughs> yeah, she's, she's great.
3: Great. Yep. All right, that's yep. so that's mine.
2: Do you have at least three to five movies we could watch her
3: in? Well, you know her from Kulo, Kulo, Cujo, Cujo,
2: <laughs> The Howling, Kulo, hey, Critters, hey, Yeah. Do you know what a Kulo is? <laughs> yeah. That's an ass.
0: <laughs> Gonna culo, Jamie.
2: She said you know her from ass. <laughs> Holy shit, that was amazing. I'm so glad I asked that just to get that answer out of you. Okay, we can move on. Check out that culo on D. Wallace. Huh? <laughs> she said you know her from culo. Oh,
3: that is what, here's cool. one that's lesser known, that for not really lesser. But it may be there may be a lot of people out there who haven't seen it for whatever reason. But she was in The Hills Have Eyes, the original one. So oh yeah, oh, she did too. All
2: right, my number three is a guy named Peter Cushing.
0: Wow, nice. ooh,
2: that's a surprise. Now for the mainstream people in the world, <laughs> that's a surprise. he
1: wa-
2: Oh yeah, no, 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 no. He was in. Uh, What's it called? A New Hope, which is a Star Wars movie. He was uh, one of the uh, lieutenants or something like that. I don't know. So, anyway, for horror... So, Peter Cushing. All you guys, probably the bigger name that you remember from this period is... Christopher Lee. I almost forgot it. (laughs) 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 Which made no sense because I said that's the one you'll remember. Uh... Yeah, Not Christopher
1: you. Lee. <laughs> such
2: a retard. <laughs> how, how, how are we doing this? I don't even know how we're still lasting this long. Uh, yeah, so uh, Christopher Lee was the guy who was known for playing Dracula again. Bela Lugosi did it in the 1930s and 40s. And then it died down. And then I think I think I believe it was the first time they decided to bring back the Dracula character, was during the Hammer movies, which Hammer is just a studio. So whenever you hear somebody say the Hammer movies of Frankenstein, Dracula, Werewolf, Mummy, all that kind type of stuff, that's just the studio that did it. It's called Hammer. So, but the main guys, you know, just the same way Universal had their staple of people, which is Bella Lugosi, Boris Karloff, and Lon Chaney Jr. Uh, these guys had two, just two guys, though, and they were named Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. So, uh, I gravitated way more. This is not even a contest. And I'm sorry if I'm insulting anybody, but Peter Cushing is leagues beyond Christopher Lee. In my opinion, uh, if you guys disagree, let me know. I don't see a comparison. To me, it's it's laughable. Uh, but when you when you compare Bela Lugosi, Karloff, and Cheney Jr., it's almost like well, it's all up to debate. But when you when you talk about these two, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee, it's like <laughs> you got to be kidding me.
3: Really? I think Christopher. I mean, Christopher Lee. Uh, he did his own fencing <laughs> and <laughs> i mean this guy was so he was such a class act um he was uh i mean i mean he just he was he was re- remarkable he led a, an extremely fascinating life outside of his, his acting career but um i just i don't know i love him i've always been enamored of him he's on my list See, I, oh <laughs> wow
2: really wow so you're saying that peter cushing's not on your list
3: uh, no he, he, He's, like, not, he's not. He's not in the top Not right. that I have anything against him. I don't. I don't have anything
2: against, quote-unquote, air quotes, Christopher Lee, but I don't even think... For example... Okay, here's why I'm saying this. I watched those Dracula movies, and I don't know, man. I just don't know. I just didn't Well, you know, like you said, it's all
3: subjective it. anyway. So, um, you know, if you... if If... If Peter Cushing speaks more to you, then ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, yeah. that's, that's who speaks to you. So, you're not wrong.
2: Right. I shouldn't put down Lee. If you guys love Lee more, that's fine. And I'm not saying that you're wrong or I'm right. It's all about where you are, where you came from, and where you're going. That's where you're going to connect. So... Uh, If you want to really check out the best of Peter Cushing, check out Dracula, The Mummy, The Curse of Frankenstein. Frankenstein Created Woman, The Revenge of Frankenstein, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed, which was a really good one. Star Wars, he was also, he hooked up with uh, Vincent Price in Dr. Phoebe's Rises Again, which to me was not as good as the original Dr. Phoebes, but whatever, and apparently he was in The Curse of the Werewolf, which I believe is like the first werewolf movie. Oh, wow. Me and Jason Lloyd will be into this. He was in a movie called The Abominable Snowman. I'm into uh, The Yeti and things like that. So, And so is Jason. And The Beast Must Die. That's interesting. So maybe I'll check out those two movies. Uh, yes, I'm guys, I'm Googling top movies of this guy right now. Just to... Give you a, a good uh, thing here. Okay. Peter Cushion, guys. Check him out. Dave Z, number four.
0: Number two, you mean? Well, yeah. I
2: guess. Oh, right. We're going backwards. Number two. <laughs> Fourth pick. Well, two. Yeah, but in all fairness, <laughs> Jamie and I have not been doing it that way, but go ahead. Oh, I didn't realize it. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Whatever. I, I just have a list. Um, yes. Okay. My number two is... This is a person that... It's weird, because I have honorable mentions and... They are further down the list, but the only thing I've seen them do, they've done horror movies, only a few, but what they've done is great. This person here is the opposite. I've only seen this person in horror movies. I've ne- he, he's done things outside of horror, but I've only seen him in horror movies. But every time I see him, mostly because of one character, but still everything else that I have seen uh, is great. And um, it's Anthony Perkins
3: all right nice, nice.
0: <laughs> i mean shit I, what can you say about fucking norman bates i mean i've, I've i'm so into the cycle franchise and i've gotten more into it over the last like 10 15 years and uh that may have to do with uh meeting this guy here fucking back in the day but uh, anyway maybe Maybe. It's like a one and two I was always into. I don't think I watched three and four much until... Oh, man, that doesn't count, then. You came around, but still.
2: Yeah, I, no, wait, have you... So, after I came around, have you ever realized the glory of part two? Uh, three. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, good.
0: Yeah, well, he's in it. He's, he's fucking great in it. In the direction yeah. he does is great, but that's directing, but... I mean, Anthony Perkins... I, I've dissected Psycho so many fucking times in his performance yeah. in that. I mean, we've talked about it here several times. looks and I did the fucking skit the one time, and you know, well, yeah. <laughs> we've talked about you know his performances in, in these movies. Granted, it's not a lot, but it's everything I've seen has been horror, and even Edge of Sanity is fucked up. But he's great in Edge of Sanity too.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of his true life, true life shit came through in that movie. Like, so, I don't know. There's something about Anthony Perkins that I think he has a lot of, uh, sexual perversion in him. In his genetic makeup. And then, oh, ch- so check this out. So, uh, Jason Lloyd recently just texted me. no, oh, not text me. He tagged me in a Facebook post and he said, Watching the last movie before I record Next Bloody bit." Bloody Bits is another podcast of Jason Lloyd on horophilia. You see, he tells me. I thought me he said, told
3: you that. I was like, why is he talking about himself in the third person? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so he said, Alex, it has Anthony Perkins in a crazy role. And this movie is called Crimes of Passion. So I said to him, is it crazier than Edge of Sanity? He said, it's going to make that look like Sesame Street.
0: Well, there you go. Those are all the movies you should see. He's in all of them, and he's fucking... You gotta check them out.
2: Can you imagine anything makes Edge of Sanity look like Sesame Street?
0: Well, I don't know. That's a matter of opinion. We'll see.
2: Right. Alright. Well, Dave, you gotta go pretty soon, Uh, so we're unfortunately gonna have to finish out the show without the famous Dave Z. So, Dave, before you go, can you please give us your... If you have any last couple picks, and if you don't, just your honorable mentions, please.
0: I can give you my number one, and then I can fire those honorable mentions at you. All right. My number one uh, has already been mentioned, so that's going to be quick. Vincent Price. Yay! And you know what's crazy about the Vincent Price thing is that he's another guy that I've only seen him in horror, but granted, that's mostly all he does. And I've only seen... Less than ten movies he's in, because I haven't. There's wow. just some that I haven't watched yet. But every, I gotta get those box sets. Listen, every one I've seen, I love him in. And he's the kind of actor, and I can't say this about any other horror actor. It, well, maybe I can, but he has the most at bats for sure. But if there, if, if there's any movie at all, and Vincent Price is in it, and someone says, "Do I don't watch this movie? Vincent Price is in it." I'm gonna watch it solely based on the fact that he's in the fucking movie.
3: That's well, have I had Two to... of those on ABC so far.
0: That's right, and we have had two.
3: Yes, and those were first time watches for me. So, um, spoiler alert: he's also my number one. Wow! Wow! No but I didn't shit. want Dave to leave without knowing that. So,
2: awesome! Wow! Thank you! Does... Wow, we all love this guy. Wow! Hey
3: guys, man,
2: gotta wake you up to something. If you're not watching it, what does that tell you? You like this show? This is the this is the makeup we're all based on, so <laughs> better get cracking.
0: Yes, yes, but yeah, I love him. He's the man, and my wife loves him the same way I do. And she'll watch any movie that he's in, same thing. So yep. next year we're gonna buy the the Blu the Blu Ray collection of all the fucking Vincent Price ones, and then Good. really gonna get on it. But I've seen enough. I mean, you know, uh, fucking House on Haunted Hill, fucking Last Man on Earth, The Fly. I mean, I, I've seen you know how. You know,
2: House of Wax, but I'm, that's not even the the tip of the. I know fucking iceberg.
0: I haven't even seen Witchfinder General yet. Oh, I <laughs> love it. I love I'm, it. Go, I've always avoided because I always thought it sounded like a, a the title of a fucking soap opera. I always picture no. Witchfinder General Hospital. I don't know. <laughs> I always, when I hear a Witchfinder General, I think of a hospital, and that's turned me off to the movie. So that's mm. why I have, I'm weird with titles. That's just me. So no. so yeah, Vincent Price, number one, and I'm gonna give you a five quick. Uh, honorable mentions. Go ahead. And uh, Anthony Hopkins, you know.
3: Edwin?
0: All right. I had to put him on there. But he's done a lot of stuff besides horror. And it's, it's mostly one character that's great. Much like Perkins, but all I see Perkins in it is horror. So because it's horror and because Perkins is Norman Bates, in my opinion, and it's debatable, but it's a better uh, performance as Norman Bates than, you know, Hannibal Lecter, whoever. I also love, but whatever, they're both great. Uh, Max von Sydow. He
2: connects with Bates more than the other guy connects with Hannibal.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Max von Sydow hasn't done a lot of horror, but he's great. And, uh, you know, it all started with the exorcist. So. No, what is he? He's always great. He's the exorcist.
2: (laughs) What does that mean? He's a priest? He's the guy,
0: yeah, the old man. Father Marin. Mariner! Yeah. Um, Okay, Jack Nicholson.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Best performance ever, in my opinion, is him in The Shining. My favorite performance in any horror movie.
2: Well, listen, he's the most legitimate actor we named so far. So right, yeah.
0: but he's not just a horror actor, so that's why he's not top right. five. He's done everything. He's done other stuff. He's done a wolf. and He's done other shit, you know, but yeah. whatever, Nicholson. Um, this is uh, the only woman on my list, although if I did more thinking, D. Wallace is another one i love too. But this girl here isn't as talented as D. Wallace, isn't as talented as as a lot of other actresses but i love her and she has some iconic roles and anytime she's on my screen i'm happy and that's linia quigley so
3: yay she's on my list she's an honorable mention on my list too
0: awesome nice because i I
3: love i heart linnea i heart her
2: absolutely oh she i heard her i had sex with her my dick's too big (laughs) (laughs) yeah you wish
0: she still looks hot, her body, even at this age, but whatever. Uh, she's always a joy to see on the screen. She, she's funny. She's uh, uh, Night of the Demons and Return of the Living Dead Alone. I think that those. there's not a lot going on, but I think those roles are, are iconic. So. Oh,
3: let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the
2: worst delivered line in horror history. But I at like the same it. time, <laughs> I know. It's so funny. I
3: <laughs> like it. It's a statement. <laughs>
2: After she delivers that horrendous line, oh, let's do that. After she says that, what makes it worse is that they hang, the camera hangs on the shot for another like three to five seconds. And it's just nothing but odd and awkwardness. And it's like, okay, maybe she's just weird. <laughs> you know? And you try to like make it your excuse for her horribly delivered line. But yeah. It's funny because she doesn't need much else to be put over in that movie. Because, I mean, what else does she really say? She's like, you know, and actually, if you think about it, they're sort of all... God, I feel bad. They're sort of all badly delivered. I lines, don't think right? they
1: are. I think
0: that that's the character she's supposed to sell. That Do play. you think? Yes, I really? always have. Because Abs- she's not like that in other movies.
2: She's not. Yeah. You're right.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes she's bright and bubbly. You know, she's the complete opposite in Night of the Demons. You know? She's all different ways. So I just... Did you ever think of
2: it would make to be dead or to be killed? I have a bunch of old men to tear me up. Like, Yeah. We'll it's really a parody. Say it. Dude, chicks yeah, but used who to would talk say to it me. like that?
0: Though? Oh, dude. That's how chicks used to talk at that time. Fucking... Oh, dude. Yeah? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That's how chicks used to talk. Those type of chicks. You know? They were kind of posers. They were all into some scene. And it just... Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Like this in a fucking costume. It's a way of life.
0: Exactly.
2: So she'd be more like a costume. Yep.
0: That's it. She's great, though. And then I got one more honorable mention. And uh, I think a lot of people are, uh, know him more for his voice in horror than anything. But he's always great every time you see him, no matter what he's doing, especially in horror. And that's Brad
3: Dourif. Hell yes. And I, I could kick myself in the something. <laughs> Pick a, pick a bunny part I can reach with my foot. I could kick myself in it for not having him on my list. I am such a dumbass. He is one of my all-time favorite actors in any genre, and that's I— It's great, I, isn't he? I am a fucking idiot, but yes. At least I brought needs, him up. He needs to be there.
2: Well, look, now, Jamie, you could fake your honorable mention with him.
3: Uh, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> no, no just to be honest, he nice. would actually-
2: that's what I get for leaving early. Fuck him. Yeah, let, let me just and cut Jamie this up Hickle. and yep. Jamie. Now, really quick, just saying. <laughs> no. Oh wow, that's <laughs> one of my honorable mentions.
3: No, to be honest, he would actually have made my list. He deserves more than an honorable mention from me. Right. I I fucked that up. I will. I will own it. I fucked it up. I'll own it. I think the thing that makes
2: him a true icon in the horror genre is when he said, "Was Marvin really starving?" <laughs> That's from Halloween 2. When
0: Sheriff Brackett, I know. You got to think about it. Starving Marvin. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Who's Marvin? Are you surprised that yeah. I don't recognize a quote from the film? That's
0: true. She doesn't.
3: Yeah. She's <laughs> not like you and I in that one.
2: But Jamie, I think you, you're going to we'll... cross over one day. No, she's not. I wish is she... Oh, yeah, she is. Oh, I'm going to. Oh, you... trust me. If I have to staple her fucking eyelids open, she'll cross over. <laughs> I'll tell you what he's great in.
3: Exorcist three. Oh my God, that is the scariest thing. He is so fucking good in that. I was um, I I was just watching him, and oh no, he was in uh, this god awful movie called uh, Chain Letter or something. It's one of those throwaway slasher flicks uh, from recent years, and I was watching a review of it. I haven't seen the movie. I was watching a review of it, and he played some. He played in in that, and I was just like, ah. But I'm like, you know what? It's still Brad Dourif, even if he's playing a shitty fucking. Character in a shitty fucking movie, it's still Brad Dourif. And he has delivered some of the best performances, like Exorcist 3, right at the top. Um, I loved him way back in Eyes of Laura Mars, you know. Well, that's when right, he was, he was in Eyes of Laura Mars. Um, he yeah. just, um, oh, Mississippi Burning, yeah, yeah which oh, yeah. is not a horror film, but it, it kind of is. Um, <laughs> um, he just is phenomenal.
0: He's even good in Critters 4.
3: You know what? In, um, he, there's a story he tells in Night Shift um, uh, where he talks about being, because uh, he's a rat catcher in Night graveyard Shift. Graveyard Shift? Graveyard. That's what I said. Yeah. He's the exterminator. He's the exterminator. And Tucker. he tells the yeah. story. He starts telling that story about Vietnam. And I, it, it, he makes me cry. Every time he tells that story, he, and this is fucking graveyard shift. This is not what? a deep film, you know, no, but but he makes me cry. Wow, right. And he's Chucky <laughs> on top of all of that. And there's that. And there's
0: that. <laughs> His delivery of lines as Chucky are great, too. Say what you want about d- the different movies of that series, but that's an iconic character.
2: Yeah, even though he did Chucky 6, The Curse of Chucky, I'm still okay with that. I'm not
0: even acknowledging it.
3: And you. I am an asshole. <laughs> well,
0: it's okay i was here for you
3: thank
2: you so. all right dave well i know you got to jump out of the dungeon thank you yeah for look. providing us with everything
0: yeah sorry i gotta run love you guys
2: you too
3: love you Bye. peace see you later man my next one is well christopher lee i <laughs> i got oh my like that god was coming. I kind of spoiled that was coming, but, uh, so we kind of already talked about him, you know, he's well known for Dracula, um, if I had to, uh... Yeah, I have,
2: uh, Jamie, here, ready? Sell me on him, tell me, because I'm obviously, I'm not adamant against him, but I, I, I don't get it exactly, so tell me I why I just think over. he
3: was just a fascinating, fascinating man, I mean, he's brilliant, for one, I mean, if you ever hear him speak, uh, about anything, he is- he is just—he's uh, so uh, full of poise, and and he has amazing posture. Even I mean, just way up into, right up until he died, he just had this stick straight posture. So he carried himself with such uh, confidence. Um, he was a—he uh, had a fascinating military life. He's a fencer. Uh, he is so well-read and intelligent and well-spoken and just, and he was an activist. I just really, really admire the fuck out of him. And he uh, is a damn fine actor. I just, I, his, he can go from being incredibly imposing cause he's, he's insanely tall. I mean, he was really fucking tall. Uh, he, he can go from being incredibly imposing To uh, just to being softer than that and than that um, uh, his his iteration of Dracula is one of the best ones there ever was. If I had to name a film that I think people should watch him in that um, other than as Dracula, because everyone knows him as Dracula, uh, I would name two. I would say uh, The Devil Rides Out and The Wicker Man. Those are, the, the yeah, um, I those are two that I would throw out. And uh, if people out there haven't seen those, then I recommend that they do. But... Not the Nicolas Cage one. He also... Uh, no. <laughs> no, fuck no. Uh, he also had, like, two, uh, two, two... I don't remember the exact number, but it's over 250 acting credits, I know. And wow. uh, he w- worked a lot, and uh, he was most of his work is within the genre, you know. Um he just uh you know, I, I don't know. Plus he was a big geek. I like that too.
2: If you had to say the greatest actor who ever portrayed the character of Dracula himself. Although the movie was bad, we all admit that. We all kind of talked about it in the uh, show 60s. Six, seven, or eight, or nine? Of the skeleton (laughs) crew. I forgot which one. It was in the 60s. If you had to dismiss that and just go by the performance of the character alone, who would you say portrayed Count Dracula better? Bela Lugosi or Christopher Lee?
3: Oh. I want to say Christopher Lee because uh, I... Even though Bela Lugosi is what you think of, when he, I mean, like, if you see a cartoon of Dracula, it is clearly based off the Bela Lugosi. Uh, he embodies everything that we have come to know as Dracula. But uh, uh, there, there was a, there was always a, like almost a silliness to his performance. Uh, I really like the Spanish version of Dracula that was made at the exact same time. Better than I like his version. Uh, but do you know what you want to know who my number one Dracula is? Uh, not either of them, and uh, this is uh, most people I don't even know if it's even as well known now as it was at one point. But, um, my absolute all time favorite Dracula ever, and I think he always will be, is Frank Langella, and I heard of that one, and uh, he. That was 1979, I want to say. Anyway, I, I feel like Christopher Lee gave more um, personality. You know, I, I just feel like I feel like he was more imposing. I feel like he had more presence. Um, even though, Lug- I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Lugosi because he is responsible for what we think think of when we think of dracula but right. and, and he deserves some credit for that
2: well check this out a little known fact lagosi is what we think of when we think of frankenstein lagosi is the guy who stuck his hands out in front like a zombie when he walked around
3: oh yeah that's right
2: as frankenstein And every time you do Frankenstein, you stick your hands out and you close your
3: eyes. People are doing it. That's how people know who you're doing.
2: Right. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. We covered this in great depth, but this was three years ago. So, guys, if you all forgot, that's fine. In Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, Lugosi uh, played off of, that was a sequel to The Ghost of Frankenstein, in which Frankenstein lost his vision. So when Lugosi played him, he stuck his arms out because he was trying to feel around for what's in front of him
1: Mm -hmm. because
2: he was blind. But by the time pop culture really picked up on the Frankenstein monster, for some weird reason, that's how we associated what we think as what Frankenstein is, even though that was the actual fifth movie of Frankenstein. So that would be like watching Friday the 13th Part 5 or Halloween 5 or Freddy 5 or Texas Chainsaw Remake. That's <laughs> okay. No, but yeah, all the Part 5s and basing what we think of those characters off of those movies. Isn't that weird? Mm hmm. Well, he really did leave an indelible, indelible mark. Was that the right word? Indelible? Yes, yeah. Wow, oh, oh, look at that. All right, guys. So mine, what was that? Your number four, I guess. That mm-hmm. uh, doesn't yeah. matter. Okay. So.
3: <laughs> yeah, you're second to the last one.
2: So the last guy, oh, second to last guy, I'm going to go really in depth with, is, you know, none of my list is any surprise, and it shouldn't be. If you've been listening to Skeleton Crew since day one, there's no reason this should be a surprise to you. Lon Chaney Jr. Woohoo! <laughs> He is uh, everything I could ever want in something I'm visually passionate
3: about. <laughs> I have him as an honorable mention. I, I love him. I mean, you know, the, uh, the pathos in The Wolfman. You know how I feel about that and how, God, I love him.
2: The depth of Lon Chaney Jr. goes far beyond. It's, it's only the kind of thing, it's weird. With my new job, I work with a lot of sort of old school guys. They are like real manly men, and, and they're not into anything. <laughs> so, it's funny to see the contrast of who I am compared to who they are. We're completely different people. But I do connect with a lot of them, you know. So, I could I could definitely bond with people even though I have nothing at all in common with them. One thing I think people like that lack is, you know, I'd hate to be somebody in this world without nostalgia, without a real deep passion, a real rooted connection that I find in other people. Like when I sometimes when you watch an actor and stuff, you can see, like for example, the two actors I connect with the most on the planet are Lon Chaney Jr. and Robert Downey Jr. And I'm a junior. You know? I'm named after my dad, and I'm a junior. So, it's really weird. And uh, trust me, I did not think of it that way. I I never set that up or anything like that. I don't care about stuff like that, like to the name or whatever. But it's very odd that we're all juniors. And um, we all have deep-rooted father issues. Uh, If you know anything about those two guys, you would know that. And myself I have that too and it's weird that I connect on such a deep level and we all have the same demons also all three of us have almost identical demons uh, obviously Robert Downey jr has 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 battled those demons and risen above anybody in the in on the planet believe it or not I mean, he's I, uh, Jamie. Am I right? Is is he not the highest paid actor on the planet?
3: Ah, if he's not, he's got to be right the fuck up there.
2: I think he is. I think. He, I think nobody else ever made like three hundred eighty five million for a movie.
3: He made three hundred eighty five million for one movie. I think. I I think so. Jesus Christ! I, yeah, I, I think. How do you? How do you? How do you? That's the the that, that's that's what? That's more than the know. budget of most movies. The entire thing. <laughs>
2: yeah i mean listen i might be talking out of my like sixth shot here but i really still feel like i would have said this if it was two hours ago i really think yeah he made that much money on, on one of those avengers or iron man i <laughs> Yeah, how know i know, I know i really think he did i really think he did. Like there's something something is like way beyond what every you know remember how we used to feel Remember how the, the elite thing used to be $20 million actors like Tom oh, Cruise? Remember
3: when Ju- Demi Moore made, made $12 million for striptease and everyone lost their fucking minds? Right. Because no one had ever made that much money before. Yeah, and then
2: all of a sudden Julia Roberts with the fucking Pelican brief was $20 million. Tom Hanks was $20 million. Tom Cruise was $20 million. And then you, you had those $20 million people. Well, Arnold Schwarzenegger made $300 million on Terminator 3 because he signed a certain type of deal. Uh, I forgot what it was, but it was different. He didn't get paid up front. It was like that. Oh, he end.
3: got something off the back end. Yeah. Okay. That makes so, sense.
2: Yeah, so he made that. So I think Robert Downey did the same thing. But at this point, it was more. So I think, it, I think I'm right. I think it's 385 or something like that. So, you know, certain people rise above that type of thing. But anyway, you know, that, that pain that's behind those eyes, the pain that's delivered in the lines and all that, you feel it. Yeah,
3: I just I want to give him a hug all the time. You know, I, I feel it. It definitely comes through.
2: Yeah, it comes through, and that's the amazing part. So, if you want to watch the best Lon Chaney Jr. movies, The Wolfman, 1941. He was the original Wolfman and the only actor... To play the Wolfman in every single one of those movies. You know. They made five or more movies of every one of those classic monsters that you know. Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, Creature, Black Lagoon, The Mummy. It usually went on for five movies or so. He's the only guy to play the Wolfman every single time.
3: Yeah, and plus he played the Wolfman in other people's movies. Uh, you know, like whenever the Wolfman came up.
2: Two other movies, I think. Um... Face of the Screaming Werewolf. He played that was the last time he ever played the Wolfman. And a lot of people know that as like a cheap piece of shit loser movie. Well I bought it at a horror convention. I gotta tell you, I watched it and I was actually entertained the whole way through. So if you if you ever want to buy the face of the screaming werewolf, Lonchain Jr., get it. It's worth it. If you're a fan. Uh, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. He was in a movie called The Alligator People. Son of Dracula. We reviewed that movie in a show called The Lon Chaney Jr. Hour. <laughs> Check that out. Because we did three Lon Chaney and It was like uh, Ghost of Frankenstein, Son of Dracula, and Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman,
3: I think. I think so.
2: Yeah, all in one, one show. So it was like the Lon Isn't that site... the one
3: where you had the recording of you?
2: And my grandmother? And your
3: grandmother? Yeah! yeah. How do you remember that? Wow.
2: This show is special too, isn't it?
3: It is. You know it is. (laughs) It is.
2: So check that show out. That was one of our best shows, guys. We put a lot into that. Because honestly, piles of notes went into that show. Seriously. Uh, Abbott Costello uh, meet the uh, Frankenstein. That show we did in our Abbott uh, Costello meet the Skeleton Crew show with Ryan Lewis. He was an amazing guest host listen to that show it was like show 98 i believe he was a rare actor he played frankenstein dracula the wolfman the mummy another highlight of his career was a movie called i hope you saw this jamie spider baby
3: yes uh, yeah
2: that's on blu-ray now uh and jamie uh, do you know about this he made a series of movies called the inner sanctum mysteries
3: mm, i don't think so
2: Okay, if you, all you guys go to Amazon.com, type in Inner Sanctum Mysteries. Uh, that should be, obviously, the first thing that pops up. Just make sure Lon Chaney Jr. is in it. It's a set of, I think, five or six movies in one box set. And it's not going to be more than, like, 14 bucks. The highlights of that box set is Weird Woman and Calling Doctor Death. And that's it, because I already mentioned The Face of the Screaming Werewolf, which was his last movie. Um, as the Wolfman. So, do you have any other actors, Jamie, that you're going to go in-depth with, or is it just honorable mention?
3: Well, I've got my number one, but I don't really need to go in-depth with him, because we kind of already did. He's He was on both of your lists already. Um, my number one is Vincent Price.
2: Right. Okay. So I said what I think. What do you think of him?
3: I absolutely love him. I mean, he is, he is an icon for a reason. He is the ultimate horror voice um and voice over guy which is why they used him in thriller i mean so is boris karloff i'm not taking anything away from him um but he's right up there as far as having a recognizable voice uh his presence is undeniable and what one of the movies that i was going to bring up for him you already did which is witchfinder general and i really 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 (laughs) like that movie a lot
2: isn't it crazy? It so hardcore and crazy for Bethlehem. It's 10.
3: so good, though, and um, that's one that I don't think people watch all that much. Um, but I also really love the, uh, the original House of Wax. Anyway, he just has a—whether a, a, he is playing in a horror film or whether he is, you know, sitting next to Kermit the Frog, there is a— <laughs> There's just no denying his presence, and he made me cry once. I was watching this, um, I was watching this broadcast of the uh, horror award, watching this uh, horror award show from uh, like '91, and I saw it at the time when it aired, and then we found it on YouTube um, a while ago, and we're watching it again just you know for nostalgic reasons. And Vincent Price got a uh, like a lifetime achievement award. And when he was talking, he was just talking about how much the genre means to him. And I'm just bawling. I mean, like, it's just running down my face while we're watching this. It And it just it means so much to me because he actually did care. You know, he and yeah, I mean, he wasn't one of those people who was in it to try and be, you know, to try and climb out of it, who were trying to use it as a stepping stone, who didn't give a shit about it, but that's how they made their money. It wasn't... No, like I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis? It actually meant, like, like Daniel Harris, only she was never able to climb out. Um, she doesn't give a shit about the genre, not really. I mean, she has this front, but...
2: It's kind of like when that's all you've done, you sort of act like that's what you have meant to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And uh, it's, it's... I mean, if you've heard her say some of the things she said in the past, it's clearly not. But anyway, that it's... He, he meant it, you know? And he spent his entire life devoted to it because it meant something. And that's the kind of thing I can get behind. You know, that's the kind of thing I have such great respect for. So he's a and just a class act another one he was just pure class so wow i guess all three of us had him for a reason
2: yeah uh, guys come on if you're just you know i don't know who listens to this show i don't know if it's like 80s horror fans 90s horror fans whatever but i'm probably right if i say that most of you guys are not into classic horror You look at 80s horror as the originators and you feel that everybody who's coming out now is trying to be that and falling short, okay? So just imagine what we feel like because we're so well-versed on classic horror that we see that someone else is doing this and falling short. You got to remember, there's always that foundation. Yes, these are not gory They're not walking around with knives or machetes or gloves with knives on them, things like that. They're not do not walk around chainsaw sawing people's heads off. You probably think that all you'll see is someone choking someone out and they collapse. And yeah, you're probably right. I mean, uh, that's mostly all of it. What you're missing about the classic movies, if you're really avoiding them, is the atmosphere. The quality of acting and the the craftsmanship and the whole thing of it. There's a lot to it. So don't dismiss it, please. There's so much going on.
3: Absolutely.
2: Thank you. Yeah. And the music. The music, too. Oh, God, yeah. Um. All right. Well, um, I'll try to wrap it up quickly. Believe it or not, Jamie, I'm so sorry. I got two more major mentions. I'll, I'll blast through it, though. Um, Belle Lugosi. Another one. You know, it's weird. You're probably saying, God, is this guy gonna mention anybody that's not from the fucking black and white? Uh, I don't know guys, maybe that's what draws me to this. I like like I said before, these performances are just so great. You know, you could you could almost bank on the idea that you're gonna watch a Bell Lagosi, Lon Chaney Jr. or Boris Karloff movie, or Vincent Price movie, and you'll probably like it. You know? Um, that's the craft in acting uh, the ability to bring a character to life and make you enjoy it and enjoy the enjoy the ride and that's what these four guys do they make you enjoy the ride they're just so good at bringing that character to life and making them relate to some aspect of you so you feel connected that's what they're all really good at those four guys And that's why they're all legendary icons. So, obviously, I'll give just some obvious mentions. Bela Lugosi, Dracula, The Raven, White Zombie, which is on Blu-ray now, guys. Check out White Zombie. It's like uh, a really big cult classic uh, movie. It's so weird and so bizarre in a very subtle way. It ain't like nothing happens. It's not like Edge of Sanity, but it's just really odd. The Black Cat, which was also Boris Karloff. The Wolfman. He was actually in The Wolfman. He was the the Gypsy, Bella. Same name as Bella, goes Bella. He was in Abacacella meets Frankenstein. It was the second time he ever played the Dracula character. He was in Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. He played Frankenstein. Murderers of Rue Morgue. The Mark of the Vampire... The Invisible Ray again with Karloff, Ghost of Frankenstein, he was Igor, he reprises his role as Igor. The Devil Bat, that's on Blu-ray, it's a great movie, The Devil Bat, check that out, it's like uh, like a murder mystery thing, but we all know who it is the whole time, but it's still cool trying to see other people figure it out, and he reprises his role as a vampire again in uh, The Return of the Vampire, that's what it's actually called. And a movie I just discovered this weekend is called The Corpse Vanishes. It is so creepy and eerie, and the plot is so insane. And it's so well executed, guys. You gotta watch The Corpse Vanishes. That's on, you know, you could buy these like 50 pack horror DVDs at Walmart. Uh, you know, just whatever you could do, just look up The Corpse Vanishes and see how you could somehow access that. You know, I don't care what you do. Just watch that. That's one of Lugosi's best movies. The premise is insane, and you get so sucked into it, and it's like you're living through the experience. It's really amazing. So check that out, too. My last guy, no, again, no surprise, Anthony Perkins
3: yay I knew that yeah. was I was hoping that would be stars. So there's some blah 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 blah
2: <laughs> yeah uh okay guys Psycho one two three Pretty Poison On the Beach The Trial Friendly Persuasion Fear Strikes Out Murderer on the Orient Express uh Pandora Green Mansions Play As It Lays Edge of Sanity which we mentioned a few times The Tin Star The Matchmaker Catch-22 Goodbye Again uh, just, you know, look those movies up. You're probably uh, guaranteed to like them. That's Anthony Perkins. He played Norman Bates. One of the things I love about him are the same things I love about bella Lugosi. When bella Lugosi played Dracula, like I said earlier, there was no separation between character and the actor. It was like the actor was actually that person. When you watched bella Lugosi play Dracula... It was as if he was really Dracula. It's as if Bell Lugosi didn't exist when that camera was on, and he was just Dracula. When you watch Psycho, it's as if Anthony Perkins did not exist. And that's the mark of a great actor. And Vincent Price did it many times. Karloff did it many times. So, Jamie, you go ahead and give your honorable mentions, and I'll give mine. Then we can wrap up the show.
3: Okay, yeah. On my my honorable mentions list, I have a couple that people have probably been screaming at us for not including uh, in our main list. And the thing was, this is really fucking hard, y'all. And uh, there are some that there are two right off the bat that almost made it on my main list, and then I ended up bumping them. And then they were tied. I couldn't I couldn't separate them. So then I said, fine. Since you guys can't play nice, you're going to be bumped to the honorable mention list. And uh, and that is Kurt Russell and Tom Atkins. I love them both. Those go without saying. Everyone knows. Everyone else loves them. I don't think it's necessary to bring, bring them up. You know, I, that's why they're honorable mentions, because I don't need to bring Tom Atkins or Kurt Russell to the, view, to the, to the forefront. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah, they're there. Uh, Catherine Isabel. Uh, Tom Matthews is a personal favorite of mine. I've always loved him. Jeff Goldblum. He hasn't done a lot of genre stuff, but he was in two of the best remakes ever. He was in Invasion of the Body Snatcher, 78, and he was in The Fly. So um, he definitely has a presence within the genre, and I just love him in general. And uh, the last ones are older ones. Um, well, Lon Chaney Jr., when we've already talked about him. Lon Chaney Sr., because he contributed so much to special effects and makeup effects and just uh, he had a dedication to his craft that is unreal I think that he deserves some mention for that and uh, one, uh, another is uh, Evelyn Anchors I just um, she played Gwen in The Wolfman I know uh, you love her too uh, we, we both yep. show that love for her and this one uh, this one she's just a fucking hoot it's Una O'Connor whom you know her from Bride of Frankenstein, The Invisible Man. Uh, oh
2: god, don't tell me the screamer. <laughs>
3: yeah. It's oh science.
2: <laughs> wow. You chose the most hated woman of she all time in horror.
3: Makes me laugh. <laughs> she seriously makes me giggle. And plus I kind of threw that in for your benefit cuz I thought you could. <laughs> anyway, so that's it. That's my honorable mention list.
2: Awesome. Great list. Actually, probably going to mimic a lot of it. All right, guys. So we both named our big actors that we love. Honorable mentions. Dave mentioned his. Jamie mentioned hers. Here are mine. Emma Roberts. Solid. She's just captivating. She's so cool, so sexy, so awesome. Emma Roberts, best known, I guess, for Scream 4 and the show uh, Scream Queens. Um, other mentioned for chicks is Catherine Isabel. She is so cool. Met her in real life. She signed a picture, says had a great time on the skeleton. She actually remembered her interview. Wow, I got a lot of girls, actually. Jamie Lee Curtis is another honorable mention. Uh, and the other one is, uh, Evelyn Anchors. Um, she was the lead chick in... The Wolfman, son of Dracula. And the other person is Donald Pleasance that Dave mentioned. You cannot leave out Donald Pleasance. He's just the man. His dedication is greatly appreciated. I'm sorry that all your sequels were not as good as the original or part two or part three. But you being in Halloween four and six saved those two movies alone. And my final guy is somebody I love more than life itself. And Jamie, I have good news for you. Well, for me, but I hope you're happy for me. (laughs) I am going to meet Tom Atkins on August 12th.
3: Ooh, that's exciting.
2: Yeah. Tom Atkins was in Monster Mania years ago and somehow I missed it. I, I I, don't know. I fell off the horror convention wagon for a little bit, but I'm back and sadly enough, Jamie, they say it's his last convention of all time. Oh, no. Yep. Nobody will ever get to meet Tom Atkins again in all your life. Tom Atkins obviously is the star of Halloween 3. He's the star of of night of the creeps he is the fog in the fog he is in law uh not lost in new york what's it called escape escape from new york yeah escape from new york he is just one of those 80s oh and he's also in the creep show he's the dad in the breakaway segments. he's just a legendary amazing guy We had our greatest show with him. I believe is Skeleton Crew number 33. Check it out. Uh, It's called Miller Time with Tom Atkins. You just don't get better than that. And Jamie, I'm going to the full extent. I never did this before. Ever. I've met hundreds. Okay. At least a hundred. Big time horror actors that we love. Know and love. Horror actors and actresses. But Tom Atkins, I'm going to do something different, Jamie. When I meet him, I'm going to have him sign three different things. I'm going to have him sign. Ready?
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: I'm printing out a picture on a reel as if it was developed. Matt Wazell sent me a screenshot from the Halloween 3 Blu-ray of him at that bar at the moment that Ellie Grimbridge walks in. So it's him looking, you know, straight ahead and her walking in. I'm printing that out. He's going to sign that. He's going to sign a can of Miller High Life. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. And he's going to write it's Miller time with Tom Atkins. I have one of the 3 original masks from Halloween 3 from God, Trick or Treat Studios. They made all 3 Halloween 3 masks and I have the collection I'm going to have him sign the skull mask that he wore in that movie and I'm going to ask him I listen Tom I totally understand you're a real person but can you please sign this as Dan Chalice I just want you to write Dan Chalice and maybe I'll have him write on the back of it I threw this in one shot and got it over at camera I love it yeah yeah See that, guys? You cannot lose with Tom Atkins. So that's my big venture that I will be embarking on in August 12.
3: All right, all you skeleton crew, thrill me, you sons of bitches!
2: All right, guys. So that was skeleton crew number 119. I cannot believe we're still here. <laughs> Just kidding. And we're still going hard. Still trying to give you guys quality programming. We don't want to fail at that. So, uh, guys, stay cool. Keep sending in your, uh, you know, feedback. Listen, you don't only have to give us feedback when we do controversial shit. We all love John Carpenter. I realize that. Halloween guy. Yeah. All that good stuff. The fog. The thing. Okay. But guys, you could tell us anything about any show. That's fine. Let us know. Jamie, any parting words
3: uh no as always i appreciate everyone sticking around this long and uh you know thanks for lis- listening and oh yeah and thanks for the input that you give us even if it's uh, to tell us we're re- retarded you know um i appreciate you taking the time to do it so i love everyone
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we are aware that uh, you would think that the show ran out of steam and gas and all that stuff at this point. I don't know many horror podcasts that go on for four years, Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, until we start releasing absolute shit, then, you know, Jamie and I will sit here and have a conversation like, hey, listen, I don't know what's wrong. It's just not what it used to be, things like that. But you know what? It has not gotten to that point. We're still having fun. We're still here, Skeletal Crew. For Dave Z, this is Jamie Sammons and Alex. I'm saying <laughs> later. Uh, uh, wait, I want. Uh, uh, what was that guy saying? Oh, oh, we're supposed to do Halloween again, right? Uh,
3: get out now! Get out now!
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Bye. Oh, we'll